you might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later, you're going to dance with the Reaper. Eat ass, smoke grass, and sled fast. You like space? This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. You have discretion advised. I would like if I may to take you this show is behind the shem shemes. Yes, the scenes. I could put on these glasses. I'll start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a man? What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance to do Our faces is wearing thin. Oh, wow. The world is featherless. Thank you for saving our democracy. Spook me, bitch. Uh, at any rate, uh, uh, this analysis that we made of the CIA's media operations disclosed, among other things, that they deliver through uh, CIA couriers um, ready to print or ready to broadcast news, and I put that in inverted commas, uh, which is um, used by the media. Uh, and this is created uh, by the CIA. How often does the CIA manipulate the media in this way, plant stories, get their views in the media? Is this fairly common as a modus operandi for the CIA? It goes beyond your, in the, in the course of the past 30 years, it goes beyond your wildest imagination. The extent to which the CIA has gone to manipulate public opinion. If you include the MH Chaos program, which was a billion dollar program, of setting up proprietary companies, setting up student organizations so they could draw radical students in and do every kind of, of duplicious manipulation of, of national student movements, press, propaganda, labor, extensive formation of labor unions, funding of major labor unions with the objective essentially of manipulating the mind and attitudes of workers throughout the nation and the world. A whole range of uh of areas wherein the CIA provides briefings to uh, selected journalists. And there are numerous cases where the CIA has, for example, published uh, books, and s several thousand books were published in English by, uh, by the CIA, and this is documented in the Church Committee report. They set up 250 news services and wire services, some of which, not all, but some of which are still uh, in the pocket of the CIA. Uh, and I think it's only fair to, to say that uh, 
Uh, even some journalists who don't realize, there are some who are witting, but there are also some who do not realize that they're being uh, targeted by the CIA uh, when they come home from a trip overseas. They might talk to somebody and they don't realize, uh, at least right away, uh, who they're talking to, and then it turns out that they've uh, um, been the source of information which was used by the CIA. Ready to broadcast. This is episode 136 of Behind the Schemes for January 23rd, 2023. And one step past your wildest imaginations, this is Booberry, Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And all the way from the bereft coast where the CIA love to come and play. My name is Lavish. Uh, they'll, they'll rain, shine, it doesn't matter. They are here to stay. They are here to stay, people. They love it here. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Nice clip. Look at them slay. Slay CIA. CI slay. Ooh. Mary Kate Ultra wanted to put a goat. Oh, and then. Oh. And then make heroism ripped it back in shreds again. You know what this is like? This is like voting both Democratic and Republican in one household. Yeah. (laughs) This solves nothing. (laughs) This vote, much like the goat, it was a 50 50 split. They'll take one half, one half of each, uh, each side. Rock the goat. Well, since um, Meek Heroism just re-gutted that goat, uh, you thirsty? You, you want something to sip on? Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's a loaded question. I, I'm sorry, that stupid question. Oh. oh. Perfect, I had the picture right here, too. Let me just pour some of that up. Oh, perfect. Some fresh, still warm. Yeah, nice. Excellent. There you go, bud. Thank you. Cheers. Let me, uh, cheers. Cheers to you. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. <laughs> what, what have we done? <laughs> Improved my uh, immune system. Mm-hmm. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. We will. Let's give that sweetheart a little bit of love. People who are into the Jim Jones tonight. It's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but he's, he's making been a, in the basement. He's making a comeback. <laughs> Heard, That's what they call Jim Jones, the comeback kid. He heard Nancy was going into retirement. He's like, ah, it's my chance. <laughs> Back from the grave. He's like, who's Nancy Pelosi? Still in, in tr- what? We should send Nancy some of that goat blood. She might be able to oh, use it in her ice cream. Mm, Boober of Noses slices another goat. 6666 would be a fountain. Ah, goats. Ah, goats. Um, Bullisti with that last one was saying, BTS, bring our house together. Oh, this is our house. <laughs> well, since we've already got a massive mess, it's only kind of make heroism here to take that away. Right out the gate. I mean, yeah, that's cleanliness before um, ungodliness. satin. Ungodliness. Yeah, that's it. Non-cleanliness is ungodliness. Yeah, that one. That's what they say on the bottle. <laughs> Thank you, Make Heroism. That's 4110 sats, VFM. You gotta stay ahead of these uh, spills, you know? You can't just let them pile up. It's very, no, no. very important. No. <sighs> oh, got him. Right in the head. Oh, man. Wow. What a mess. There's brain everywhere. Uh, you know what? And Dag even, uh, who, oh. who's a, a recent uh, face we've been seeing in the green room, Dag was kind enough to send over Dag. a tarp. 
and I forgot to pull oh. it out. Well, it's a little late for that, but <laughs> we'll just, I, we appreciated the uh, tarp nonetheless. We'll just cover those goats for now. Just cover the brains and skull and the bodies. Oh, <laughs> I guess my heroism felt bad and wanted to put one back together again. We'll send you back oh. the line. Back of the line, you. Yeah. Little guy, get on out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Lavish. Lucky bastard. Lucky bastard. Lucky lavish bastard. <sighs> Don't start naming him. <laughs> Don't get attached. Don't get attached. Definitely do not name them. Do not name the goats. Do not name them. Do not pet them. Unless, of course, there was one that you had that you kept putting, killing and putting back together again. Oh, when you said had, I, I immediately wanted to ask in the biblical biblical sense. But I've been so betrayed. We have been so terribly betrayed. That's uh. <laughs> but now I now thank you for the clarification. It's not in the biblical sense. No, no, no. The Bible? No, no one's read that. Uh, Boy, Steed. I've never done a Bible, that, but I do one. Nah, I mean. <laughs> Hey, do anything twice. <laughs> Mama always said to keep trying it till you liked it. Please get us some medication. I'm trying. <laughs> if, if you have medication, go ahead and send it to us. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. Make Mary it, Kate Ultra came in with the medication. The, uh, so everything that you're hearing here is all boostograms. Uh, they are micropayments of Bitcoin, uh, a.k.a. Satoshi's. A sense in the form of streaming sats or boostograms are all being sent using a nude podcast app. Um, and I'm every one of these almost has been through Fountain. Uh, I'm, I'm Fountain's back, baby. Yeah. Seems uh, the, the recent podcast in 2.0 appearance of Oscar Mary really kind of reignited some flames and whatnot. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 uh, Fountain's easy to work with. Oscar's easy to work with. It's a great deal. I, I had my issues, and I hit him up, and it was resolved within a matter of hours. And uh, I don't know if you caught that whole, um, that past episode, but if you put Fountain in the split, like we already have CurioCaster and Podverse, Boost will relay from other apps into Fountain. Mm-hmm. So that's super fun. I think we're going to do that. Dope. Dope. Yeah. Um, well, shit, I'm going to put the live is lit chapter there at the beginning. <laughs> oh. And some people getting a few more in there. We got Diamond Dave by Make Heroism. That's 7777 sats. He says last one via fountain. And then we had Midas coming in. And he put a good back together. 9999 sats via fountain. He wanted to put one back together. Oh, and Pfeiffer wants to put one back together, too. <laughs> Reverend Dr. Love. Wow, there's there is a lot of altruistic boosts coming through. People, yeah. people want to see um, life. They want to, to they take life, and they give life. And everybody's so giving. They are a river to their people. Hmm. Uh, wonderful. Although the one that you shotgun to the head, that one's not coming back. That one's just gone. Go get the uh, epoxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary Kate Ultra loves the baby goat. Oh yeah, love that baby goat. Ninety nine, ninety nine. 
Yeah, so mm-hmm. depending on what amount of uh, sats you send in, you can uh, um, <laughs> do different things here in the green room. Whether it be boosting the goat, you mercilessly slaughter one, you can boost the goat back together, you can sew it up and do the right thing. Uh, we got forklifts. Uh, Time to say that sacrificing a goat isn't also the right thing to do. Yeah, They're both kind of right. Yeah. Yeah, there is no wrong answer. No. Um, uh, we got our local drug dealer, the Dragon Sword, selling, slinging PCP. <laughs> yep. All sorts no one of loves stuff. PCP more than our gimp. You boost our gimp. Yeah. 8888. All of that, all of those breakdowns can be found over at liveislit.com. I'll take it to a Substack write up that we did on it. Um, and we will get something, I think, a little more permanent and uh, bombastic at some point Indeed. to display everything. Yes. More bombastic, more action. Yeah. Action packed to the brim. Get some. Packed to the brim. Uh, well, do you want to just go ahead and get straight to this uh, tarot card then? Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I didn't even get a chance to really shuffle tonight. The Queen of Pentacles reverse just bam. She was right there. Mm, the I, Queen of Pentacles. I tried to advert my eyes. It just, it wouldn't work. I had to stare. I well, com- sometimes the card draws you. I know. This happens a lot. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a clumsy fool. <laughs> Just can't fucking hang on to your cards, can you? Can't keep it straight. Sometimes when the cards fall out, if they're not particularly uh, grabbing me, then I'll just put them in the card. I'll put it back in the deck and keep keep about my way of shuffling. Let's see here. We have the Queen of Pentacles reversed. Ooh, got some. We got some. Well, the upright is the Queen of Pentacles. Pentacles being the coin. Mm-hmm. This is a very prosperous card when it's when it's upright. When you get the Queen of something. It's typically one of authority, like through a king, but it's also one of growth and prosperity and um, usually like of comfort or, uh, or, or something that having to do with uh, prosperity. The, the queen represents a, a lot of those things. The female represents a lot of those things mm-hmm. in tarot. But reversed? Uh-oh. Well, I sh- what do you have to say on the matter? It's interesting. We've drawn this card a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. Back on episode 98, Tarpa. That's funny. Uh, and that was the first episode with the goats, I believe. And then uh. Uh, episode 70, it's oscillating with, uh, with the Grimerica guys. Mm. Interesting. Third time's a charm, baby. But it was upright that time, or was it reversed? Uh, let's take a look. The Grimerica, it was reversed, and for Tarpa, it was reversed as well. Wow. Whoa. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. And well, I, I do, I do flip, so I'll do the, I guess, the standard shuffle, and then I'll flip the cards around so that they're constantly getting flip-flop back and forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To kind of keep the uh, the uprights and the reversals quasi consistent or even, however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. We have the reversed Queen of Pentacles, as explained in the David D'Angeli Starman Tarot, uh, the David Bowie Tarot set that was gifted to me by uh, Reverend Pfeiffer. Reverend Pfeiffer. 
the Queen of Pentacles reversed has lost her cherished connection to Mother Earth, and as a result, she is likely neglectful of herself, her environment, and those around her, perhaps weighed down by uh, materiality. Uh, her self-esteem and status inextricably linked to her wealth, she finds herself constantly working, striving for success at the expense of her health and relationships. Mm. Um, I'm going to read a section from the actual Line Strider's Journey book that comes with the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the card reverse cautions against the neglect of your family or home life. It may mean that you have taken the positive aspects of the queen and turned them into something that is harming others. For example, the queen's nurturing can become oppressive or stifling if it becomes restrictive or dominant. Remember that you can take care of people without nagging or domineering them. There may be a woman in your life you think of as nurturing and supportive, but who is actually hurting more than helping your cause. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not trying to shame this guy, but I think he needs to get educated. <laughs> think, uh, yeah. Think she needs to get educated <laughs> on being a more caring and a family oriented person. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> fake news. Uh, fake. You know what? There's only one person that's numero uno. You know what I mean? Mm, the biggest. Simply the, biggest. the greatest. Maybe the greatest ever in the history of uh, ever. Uh, the beautiful Queen of Pentacles is a wonder, uh, wonderful nurturing card to pull. She is practical, motherly, secure, and wise. This card is strongly related to family and fertility, and almost always features a rabbit in some aspect of the card. Her feminine energy is strong, but in a more comforting and nurturing way uh, than you would find with the Queen of Swords or Wands. Where the Queen of Wands represents all that is mysterious and seductive and dark about feminine energy, the Queen of Pentacles represents the strong, depending, uh, dependable, nurturing aspect of women. Mm-hmm. Sexist. <laughs> Financial stability. The ones are all about witchcraft, and the swords are all about war. Yeah. She, she, she kind of gives me root vibes. Root vibes? Root. Root. R-O-O-T. Root. R-O-O-T. Like Stephen a, Root. Like of a tree root. Yes, yes. Like a, oh, a family tree. Yeah, and this card, it's cool. It's uh, the Line Strider deck. Posing. It's a uh, watercolor deck, ink, and mm-hmm. the queen is, uh, she's got this purple splash rather than, um, I guess it would be easy to assume, assume green, but for this one, it's purple, and she's cradling a, uh, or swaddling a rabbit in her arms. It looks like the Big rabbit. rabbit. Yeah, it might even be injured. It looks like Oh, it could be bleeding, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to nurture this uh, wounded cr- creature back to health again. Yeah. It's hmm. very interesting. That's so crazy that's been drawn three times reversed. Yeah, that is bizarre. <laughs> Look at uh, us. Look at us doing science. Look at us. <laughs> Look at the patterns. We're a couple of, of patterned uh, recognizers. Oh, soon we can proudly claim that we're part of the solution. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. If you want to check that tarot card out, it's posted up at the top of our show notes, which are found over at zososcorner.substack.com. Z-O-S-O-S corner.substack.com. We put a lot of stuff in there. A metric, I mean, we might need to utilize the fork 
to actually move the pallets of show notes by the time this is all done. Yeah, we'll have to figure out an in-house uh, storage system somehow eventually so we don't lose it. Fucking sucks. Yeah, you know, I was actually, uh, Cotton Gin and I were um, poking around in a, it's a activity pub, Fediverse enabled blog post writing tool that you can self-host. And mm-hmm. uh, it's called Write Freely, R, or, excuse me, W-R-I-T-E Freely. F R E E L Y. And um yeah, I mean it looks it looks like it's got most of the stuff that uh Substack provides, except we would be able to, you know, be in control of it, which is something that we always strive for. Yeah. That sounds uh, interesting. And you can set up multiple writers on one account too, so Okay, great. If you wanted to we could do like a Zoso's Corner one, and then a lavish one, a blueberry one. Um, I get you. Yeah, if other people wanted to get on, we more the merrier. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna. Nice. It's it's on the docket, <laughs> the unending docket of things to crush. Indeed, nothing but destruction in, in Wake. Yeah, but um, all of the links and resources and memes and producer credits and. Uh, the links to the videos, anything that we pull, it's all referenced there in the show notes. You can check them out. Uh, it's all part part of our value for value model, meaning everything that we do, we do for you. <laughs> and we put it out there uh, for free and hope that you enjoy it for free. If there's anything that you enjoyed, uh, feel free to turn back around and return some of the value, whether it be through clips, ISOs, monetary donations, what have you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's value for value. You know, we don't do any reads or any commercials, and there's a reason. Uh, we, first of all, just hate ads, and then second of all, they'll stifle the conversation. I know. And we're not trying to get stifled by ad people, anyway. Nobody wants that. I mean, people no. do want that, but not us. No. <laughs> yeah, we don't. And if you're listening to this show, you don't either. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And if you hear an ad at any point during our show, you need to delete whatever app you're listening to this show on and get a new podcast app at nudepodcastapps.com. Yeah. Check out Fountain. Yeah, there's Fountain, Podverse, CurioCaster. Podcast Addict has now introduced the... Well, it's on. You can also get on there and chainsaw goat. Yeah, Sir Spencer, 6666, uh, said, long live the streams, 34, rule 34, death to the schemes, or at least the ones that aren't our schemes. Oh, and the death to this goat, while we're at it. Mm. Be a curio caster. Yeah, like something yeah. smells dead. Oh, that's because it's rotting flesh. Oh, let's oh. eat it. Oh, let's eat it. Oh, eat it, eat it, eat it. Eat it. Oh. Fire brimstone. Ripped it. Ripped it. R.I.P. Goat. Mm. Press F in the chats. Straight um, up. There was a couple of boosts that we had come through during the pre-show that we definitely should get to. Um, we had, I believe, the first one would have been 3333 from Cotton Gin through Podverse, boosting the live tag. Thank you. Cotton Gin. We still got to figure out something for the 3333. Yes, we will. Uh, then we got sixteen fifty from Bully Steed through Fountain saying Brown Betty. Oh, Brown Betty. 
canceled. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> nice. Now I'm in trouble. Uh, and then we got uh, 6666 from Servo. That was boosting the goat. Um, now, goat boost. We, now, I did hear that goat get boosted during the pre-show. Do you think we should boost it now? Or how does that shake out? Yeah, slaughter a goat right now. Kill it. Yeah, KO. KO. And then uh, we had ninety nine ninety nine from Pfeiffer saying... Sorry, buddy. I'm going to rip you apart later. Hashtag goat cycling. Oh, my. You promise? <laughs> um, and then, uh, this is a new phase. 6666 from Blackbeard saying boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Let's see Paul Allen's goat. You know, funny enough, I have a fun fact for you. Ooh! Oh, the one! In San Antonio, there's a theater, and the head flyman at that theater, because they have a, um, I believe they have a double purchase, which means it, it's, it's for the, the fly rail system. A double purchase means that you can have your, the actual, like, uh, bottom of your, your line sets, your arbors, you can have them halfway up the building, but it's, it's weird without having a diagram anyways, because the okay. guys operate the line sets from halfway up the side of the wall to communicate with them when they're flying their pipes in, he'll go boop, whenever it hits the, uh, the trim. Oh, yeah. He communicates. The, okay. Yep. So whenever he, whenever he wants them to stop, that's all he'll do. That's a technical term, people. The union uses it, so it's uh, copyrighted. Uh, and <laughs> that's why we're an ad-free show, because we'd be canceled right now by the union. Mm-hmm. It'd sue us. Basically, a double purchase allows you to have half the rope, meaning that you can shorten the distance between the line sets and the actual pulleys, the arbor. Um, but you have to put on twice as much weight, because you have half as much rope. It's a gotcha. huge pain in the ass. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Blackbeard. Appreciate that. And that was Blackbeard with two threes and beard. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we got a... Oh, hello, Stephen B. 100 sat saying MSP test boost. Cool. Teased, teased. Hello, Stephen B. He's got some new music stuff coming out here pretty soon. Very excited about that. Oh, nice. Check it out, Stephen B. Uh, then we got a 120 from you saying testes. Testes, yes. Got uh, my, my fountain working again. Nice. And last but not least, 3333 from Pfeiffer saying, uh, saying cleaning up the Peter party. <laughs> <laughs> Peter party's never cleaned. No. Yeah, it's a losing battle. You will not succeed. Although the forklift is a nice start, I think. The, uh, we upgraded our toys. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna click a link live without testing it. <laughs> oh, let's eat it. Uh, oh, eat it, eat it, eat it. <laughs> cotton gin. Oh, thanks, cotton let's gin. Eat it. Oh, eat it, eat it, eat it. Nice. Recording yes. us on the fly. She's doing clips on the fly, people. <laughs> this new cutting edge spooks. technology. We new cutting edge technology. Damn it. <laughs> we can build them back better. 
faster, stronger than he ever was before. I hear the technology. Oh, also, uh, the, the JB boost. I got to give love to Bully Steve, who came in with five ones. 11, 111. Sat saying, when is it not great to hear JB, James all, B? All about that one. All on the one. All on the one, man. Mm. Uh, uh. Well. Oh, Cotton Gin got another one. Fighter Bridgestone. Nice. Yeah. It was way better when you did it. Uh, yeah, but I didn't get clipped. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and if I didn't get clipped, then it's like as if I never did it at all. You're right. I should go fix that. I should go clip that. It would it would be a good clip. It was the um it was the one where we debuted the Mary Kate Ultra and Make Heroism Scream Mail jingle. Uh one of the finest things that's ever been concocted. Which, if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna have to go back to the notes and look. Um I'm not sure. I thought uh, I was wondering if 98 was when they sent over that jingle. I'm not sure. I thought it was. Anyways, um, yeah, this is a value for value show. So any way that you want to make this show yours, there's multiple ways to do it. All you got to do is go over to BehindTheSchemes.com or BadRadio.Live. You can always email us at Boo at BehindTheSchemes.com or... Or uh, me, lavish at behindtheschemes.com. Yeah. Come get some. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know who your kids are? <laughs> your, your doggy daddy is what you are. Boost battle. It's over 9,000! Easy, guys. It's my first what, time. 9,000! Easy, guys. It's my first time. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Put on your 3D glasses now. I'm all alone in here. I hope nothing happens to me tonight. You're being very naughty. Very naughty indeed. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> if you're feeling rather naughty this evening, you give us a call at 612-263-7999 and let us know what's on your mind. Mm, just like this first caller did. What's up behind the scheme? Mm. This is yep. Malachi. Yo! Calling in. Drinking rye. Malachi right drinking up. rye. D-E-D dead. That is what David Crosby is. Dead as dead it could be. Oh, yeah. A story about David Crosby. I want to tell you. You know, he's a super commie liberal fuck. <laughs> yeah, might have wrote a song or two here or there. <laughs> well, who cares? I've written a song, too. Hadn't you? Anyway, he comes and plays at this venue where I work <clears throat> on the East Coast. And my son lives on the West Coast. And he comes out to visit during this time, probably about 2016. You know, and um, we're hanging out, but I got to work. A runner calls out sick. So I'm like, Nick, yeah, come on. Let's spend some more time together. You can be the runner. Can't pay you, but, you know, 
just come on and work the show. Check it out. This is what life is like here, you know? So he's our runner. He goes and picks up the food for, you know, the David Crosby tour. And it turns out that the person in charge of the, um, you know, giving the instructions to the runner is David Crosby's, like, 22-year-old son, who's a total fucking dick. I don't remember his name. I wish I did. If I knew his name, I'd tell you right now, but I don't. Anyway, so <clears throat> this guy's being a fucking dick to my son, and my son's not telling me this. So, you know, we're coming in. We're loading in the show, and, you know, it's a big deal that everything's there. And I see him every now and then. I'm like, what's up? And it's Nick, and Nick has been on behind the schemes and if you are a big behind the schemes fan you know this because you've heard that episode and you all know what we're talking about anyway um you know nick comes in and is like how's it going it's fine whatever you know there's a little bit of aggravation but the day goes on and then at the end of the night after the show we're breaking down you know loading out and um you know my son comes up to me and he's like, you know, this guy's a fucking asshole, you know. He, and he's, you know, cussing me out for getting the wrong beef jerky, you know. And, and it's stupid shit. And I look at these text <laughs> messages and it's, it's like, you know, get beef jerky, not the bad shit, like the, um, get the other stuff. And he gets the other stuff that it sounds like he's saying to get. You know, not the beef links. It sounds like he made the text. Oh, uh, it looks like Malachi ran out of time, but he does have the follow-up. Let's hear the follow-up. So not the beef links, you know, but it sounded like he was getting the beef links. But so he got the beef links, you know, which he thought he would get. What You know, that's what he was asking for. But no, he's like, how can you be so fucking stupid and all this shit, you know? And I just now find this out at the end of the day, and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, whatever. Calm down. He wasn't. He wasn't hyper. I didn't say calm down. But anyway, we. You know, we go on with the day. I'm trying to just be like, it's not a big deal. And then a couple more things. And then um, Dave's leaving, and I'm, my son's right there. And I was just like, hey, Dave, do you mind if David would do you mind if we get a picture? You know, and I'm not even a David Cosby fan, and he was be he was had a little media interview that day. And he was talking shit about how fucking horrible Trump was and, you know, and all this shit. And it was, he's just a total fucking bullshit commie motherfucker. You know, I don't even like the guy. But I was just like, well, my son's here. You know, David Crosby's here. He's written a song or two that we've all enjoyed in our lives. Let's get a picture. And damn, if David Crosby's son doesn't fucking walk by at that moment. I'm like, hey, man. Will you take a picture of us? Yes. And I'm like, take a picture of me and my son. And while he's taking the picture, he's like, oh, that's how he got the job to my son, who wasn't even getting fucking paid. All right. And he takes the picture, and and, and it's, I'm on Dave's, David Crosby's right. David Crosby's in the center, and my son's on the left. I look across David Crosby, and I said, you're right, Nick. He is a douchebag. And then Nick or David's son goes, he just called me a douchebag. And David Crosby walks out from between us, turns him around and, goes, and pats him on the back and walks him away. And I was like, 
Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> Behind the schemes, bitches. <laughs> bitches. Bitches. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for the call nice. there, Malachi. Well, it turns out it looks like uh, David Crosby had a, a nice streak in him after all. It's so great. I haven't heard any personal anecdotes about David Crosby since his passing. So thank you. I fucking, I'm so glad that you guys called his son a douchebag in front of him. That yeah. makes me very happy. <laughs> That's what we need more of. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Malachi referenced all the way back to episode 18, Don't Stop the uh, Audacity, when Malachi joined, uh, Jr. joined us. Ah. Episode 18. Mm-hmm. A long, long time ago. I can I barely remember. remember. <laughs> um, how Malachi used to make me smile. <laughs> how Malachi used to make me ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh. Um, I think ooh, we'll ooh. we got uh oh, we got a stack of screamels. We're gonna sit on the rest of those. Stash them away. Stash them away. But we will be back to them, no doubt. We'll play them. Yeah, we'll play them. Yeah. 612-263-7999 is that telephone number that you're going to want to call. Leave yourself a scream mail. Tell us about your day or just scream like a maniac. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Agreed. Um, yeah, let's just uh, let's get into some meat and potatoes, shall we? Yeah, let's roll. Um... I'm thinking, um, what is this, like, little, it looks like a, uh, I think it's a 10-sided die? Is that, uh, is that I don't one? think it's 10, unless what? it is, unless it's, what do we got here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, I do have a 10-sided die. It's like a, it looks like a dreidel. Yeah, 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 that's, what, ooh, I almost dropped it. Um, let's do that, and, uh, <laughs> closest to double aught, zero, zero. We'll go first. Okay. Let's. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. I wake up, roll the dice, all ones. Yeah, you think that's bad? I roll the dice, all zeros. I'm so unlucky when I roll the dice, they all roll down a storm drain. Damn. Wow, you guys have dice? <laughs> Pretty cool, man. How'd Pretty you lucky. How'd you do? I got a one zero. Damn. Damn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but zero zero on the dot, my guy. <laughs> you you ask me what I roll and you rolled a perfect <laughs> roll. Oh my god. You can't do that in D D. You just if you if you get the critical success, you just say uh, jackpot. Oh, I'm sorry. Yahtzee. Bing bong. Bing bong. Boop. Boop. <laughs> All um, right. I'll go for it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to take you on a little journey all the way back to Sunday morning when I was recovering from a out of town trip that I did for work, uh, which I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm just going to say I'm very happy for the most part. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, there's things to be proud of. Uh, but that also meant that I was hurting pretty bad by the time I got home and I was laid out on the couch and passed out, I don't know, 7.30. And then woke up 
at about seven o'clock in the morning, which is way outside of the norm, typically for myself. Mm. And I uh, got up, did some dishes, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, this is like my only real day to prep. So I'm going to go see what I can find. Typically, really try and stay on top of having something lined up the week after, uh, trying to just one foot in front of the other. So you're not sitting there trying to mad scramble all the time. It's no good. Nobody likes that. Uh, it's not a bad idea to have a plan. Um, no, never. So I found myself somewhat without a plan this week, and I was poking around seeing what I could find. And my goodness, have I found something? <laughs> a plan? Um, yeah, you could say that. Uh, so. This is one of the few times that I wish there was a video element to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just not in the cards right now, which is okay. But there is but two. We of had us. the option to just like slap it on at any given moment. It doesn't have the whole episode doesn't have to be video, but just for like bits. Yeah. Go, okay, we're going to video. Here's the link. Well, you know, I think I did have a quote unquote solution. If you're willing to work with me here. I've got a series of videos queued up at their timestamps with the corresponding clips uh, pulled from those moments. And I was thinking, I'll send you the clip, or I'll send you the video. You can open it, pause it. I'll get the uh, clip ready to go. Okay. And then, if you could narrate in graphic detail as to what you're seeing, I think that's probably our best foot forward. Sure. Whatever you like, yeah. All right, so here is the first one. I'm going to send it to you in the uh, back channel. Uh, this one's going to be called Seven Fun Ways to Recycle Old Toys. And when you are ready, I will go ahead and start the clip. And uh, remember, gratuitous description. <laughs> okay, at uh, 6.03? Yep, sounds right. All right, I'm ready. Here we go. Okay, got to study for this midterm. <sighs> Just wish it wasn't boring me to sleep. Hey, I wasn't reading you. Kind of. Where was I? Think, Mia, think. Have an old Barbie doll you never play with anymore? Take a sharp blade and cut across her legs just under her knees. A little gruesome, but it ends well, I promise. Cut down no further than an inch. Watch your fingers. Sorry, Barbie. Get a piece of paper and slide it through the leg you just cut like so. Don't forget the other leg. After you've prepared the arms the same way as the legs, add them onto the paper as well. Wow. Looks pretty freaky, doesn't it? <laughs> Just wait till you see what we're going to do with it. Oh, if you're in the middle of reading a book, take your new bookmark and stick it oh. right onto the page you want saved. <laughs> it looks like you have a little Barbie stuck in your book. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> What, oh, uh, what, did, what, what did you see there? Describe it to us. She took a Barbie. She cut off the arms and legs. She stuck them on a blank bookmark. So it looked like it was like a bookmark that was flying like Superman. Yeah. With the Barbie arms and legs. And then she put that and she used it as a bookmark. And it looks like crap. It looks like uh, if you so much as sneezed, all the legs would like fly off. Hmm. So you're saying it's somewhat uh, of a shoddy, uh, shoddily made thing. The production value is actually surprisingly good for this video. Oh, the video. Yeah, it's sharp. It's bright, crisp. It's 
right? It's crisp. The set Snappy. is clean. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the gals that are in the in the thing are cute, you know. Oh, cute girls and, super good looking. Everybody's good looking. I mean it's uh it's just weird and like uh I don't know. It gives it gives me religious vibes. Mm, interesting. Well, we're gonna move on to exhibit two here. This one's called Exhibit Two. Halloween makeup and costumes, DIY ideas, spooky SFX makeup tutorials, pranks on friends by uh, one, two, three, go. And there is the link. I've got the one, clip two, three, go. queued up. When you are ready, uh, give me the word. I'm ready. Drinks and chips are ready. I just need to put this somewhere. Hmm, where should this go? I know. I'll hang this ghost here. A tarantula on the wall. That's it. Let's party. The toilet isn't really spooky. Let's make it more scary. It's pretty spooky. Oh, yeah. Phew. Done. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for coming. I drank the soda too fast. I need the toilet. Spooky bathroom. I really gotta pee. Oh god. Mm-hmm. What the? Ah! Uh. Uh. Oh no. Oh come on. My jeans and sneakers are all wet. What am I going to do? Well, I suppose I need to wear something. Great party! Oh my! What are you wearing? I should have shaved my legs before I came out tonight. <laughs> hey! I love this song! Let's party! Alright, what'd you think of that one? Uh, that was bizarre. I feel like this is being made by some like students at BYU or something, mm. but, uh, but, but the, I don't think it is either. I think it might just be like kids in LA doing this, but now what, uh, what were we looking at in that one? We were watching a gal dressed up for Halloween, decorating her bathroom with spooky Halloween stuff. And she she goes all out. It's it's like a DIY thing. It's like, look how we do this. But she doesn't actually do anything. She goes to the toilet and like does a whoosh, 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 and then all of a sudden it's totally decorated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me with about four of those. Okay, and now the toilet's fucking good to go. Yeah. DIY. <laughs> Um, that's immediately what I was thinking when I heard all those uh, those cuts. <laughs> okay, cool. And then, and then of course they had the white guy pee himself and wear a dress. Yes. Was, uh, as, uh, d- and did you recognize the dress? The it was a yellow uh, a ballerina skirt. It was a Snow White dress. Uh, uh and Snow he's White wearing, dress. Yeah, it was a um, the dress from Snow White. Oh, you're right. It is. It's the yellow. It's the golden. Yep. Got you. Now there's an image in there. I did not think to collect. I might have to go back there and grab it, but the, yeah, the guys, the, <laughs> the lead 
is wearing 3D glasses with like a jughead crown, paper crown on his head. Mm-hmm. He's got like a space jacket and this snow white dress on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, it kind of, I mean, I know that it's not supposed to, but it definitely feels like a porno. Oh, well, you know what they say? That was the perfect segue because I'm positively famished at this point from all of the learning. Why don't you go ahead and head back to the back channel? And we can get this uh, snack loaded up. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Uh, let me give me give me the word. Got it. Here we go. Okay, next challenge time. Here you go. Aw, I got small again. Whoa, Julie, you got the whole donut just for yourself. What is this? Aw, but your little donuts are cute. Well, a little donut is still a donut. And the best part is, I can do this. A donut on each finger. Uh. Like my donut rings, Julie? Snack time! Mmm, they're so fresh and good! Well, okay. Time to dig into my giant donut! That's what I'm talking about! So good! Eating this donut makes me feel like it's raining donuts all over me! Now's my chance while she's daydreaming. Donuts everywhere! Big donuts! Little donuts! Into my mouth, donut! Oh, this donut is fantastic! I gotta really dig into this. Eat it! Eat it! Eat it! Looks like Julie is still in dreamland. I wish I had more hands so I could eat this even faster! <laughs> I only have two hands, guys! Oh, wish I, I had more hands! I Donut! I gotta hide the evidence before she sees what happened! This'll do the trick! Oh my god. Donuts here! Donuts here! Donuts everywhere! <laughs> Wait! I don't need to dream about donuts when I have one! Donut! Is that you? What happened? Claire, this isn't my donut. This is a picture of my donut. Julie, I think I can help. Here's some sprinkles for you! Yep, sprinkles are great! There you go! Enjoy! Yay! Now, I know that one was a little bit on the long side, but I, I wanted to make sure we had the, the full scope of the story here. There's a, a big story here. There's a whole plot. Is this made for, um, what's the, the proper way to put this? Is this made for, like, special people? Well, <laughs> again, stellar transition. Or uh, is it just people <laughs> who want to, like, live in an innocent, fun time land where they watch simple stuff and they're just like, oh, wow, she eats a donut. And everyone, it, life is just a little simpler for a little while, you know? Simple, Jack. I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the next one will answer that question for you. Oh, it's a mystery. Yeah. Okay, okay. Ready? Uh, yes. Alright, here it is. Let's mix them up this time! Are you ready? Let's open them! Yay, big again! Pizza! Uh, Julie, I got big pizza! Aww, I got tiny pizza! She got tiny pizza, oh, oh no! Tiny pizza. No one! Well, I may as well eat it. 
Oh, she might as well just eat the tiny pizza. Oh, time for her to eat the big pizza. Oh, yeah, here we go. Now we're talking. Porn music. Oh, yeah, you choke that old thing down. Oh, she's hungry, too. Ah, Julie! Hi, Claire. Uh, just looking at your pizza. Well, oh, I guess goodness. I'll be taking my pizza elsewhere. Oh my god. <gasps> oh my god. Pizza. <laughs> she downs the whole pizza. How is she oh even my doing god. That? Oh my god. Whoa, the lights are back on. <laughs> oh my god, she got sauce all over her that face. Delish. <coughs> leftover pizza oh my goodness. What is this? Oh boy. So, uh, explain. You're telling me this isn't a porno? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, okay, so. It almost is. It kind of is. So, the premise of these, this is two clips from the same video. The premise is big versus smalls, and they're pr presented with two people, and they both get handed at random, quote-unquote random, a big or small card, and then one gets a big version of a piece of food, and the other one gets a tiny version of a piece of food. So, the first clip was... <laughs> <laughs> one lady ended up with tiny little donuts, mini donuts. And then the, the other, other one, one got a big giant donut. Yeah, like a one of those uh pink cream donuts. And it's yeah. it's like all whenever they eat it, it's close-ups of them like eating just mashing their face into this giant donut. And then the and they've got a close-up <laughs> of her putting her fingers through the little donuts. Oh yeah, one at a time too. <laughs> One at a time, and then she starts <laughs> snagging on him. And then th it, there's something else that can't be really shown unless through video, but the girls are, they're real actors in the scene, but their dialogue is a voiceover, and it's one person. It's like one girl talking to herself, but she's voicing over the dialogue of two people. And, like, the actors are, like, acting along. I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. Anyway, please continue. Now, tell us about the second video. Second video was the same thing with pizza. They got a, a big and a small card. And the girl on the left it once again got the big card. And she got a giant slice of pizza. And the other one got a tiny one. And then this is where it got sexual. She, she started really like going at this big slice. And then the other girl was like right behind her like fiending. Like, right, let, me, let me get some of that big slice. Yeah. And <laughs> then the girl took off. And then you saw her shadow. And she deep-throated the whole slice. And this is a massive slice. This slice, it's a massive is, slice. is probably two... Two to three feet long. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Very big, wide. Big, giant fucking slice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a piece of pizza so big you could throw about $35,000 worth of hot dogs from Chicago down it. You know what I'm saying? That's like, right. Talking about going through the back channels. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> There must be a back door somewhere. Somewhere. You're telling me you didn't build a back door into this thing? And, uh, you know, it is very provocative. Um, it's very provocative. Especially given, you know, there's certain connotations associated with pizza, you know. And it's nothing. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it, yeah. There was a certain, I, the shithead, I forget his name. But everybody was like, oh, my God, he was trafficking people. And then he got busted because he just got a box of pizzas. Oh, my God, it was the pizzas that gave it away. Oh, my God, can you believe it? 
Anyways, uh, Tate, Andrew Tate. Uh, he, oh, yeah, yeah. He, okay. they, he got busted because of the Romanian pizzas that he was ordering from. And then, mm. uh, so I don't think those connotations. Pizzas. Yeah, I don't think that connotations disappeared. Um, well, this whole thing definitely has the pizza feeling. You can't escape it. But it also just has a very like uh, Wayfair trafficking feel. Where like it's a very like uh, hidden in plain sight thing. Mm. Like I imagine there's a phone <laughs> number I could call and I could talk to these girls if I wanted to, if I had enough money, you know. Are you are you are you telling me you're thirsty? Uh, always. Last clip back channel. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Let me load her up. <laughs> here we go. Oh my god, all these girls, dude, they're all wearing like. These little tiny little outfits. Okay, ready. Drink the milk. Here we go. It's morning time, so you know what that means. Breakfast. I'll make a big bowl. I'm starving. Gosh, I hope I still have some milk in the fridge. This looks okay, right? I'll give it a whiff just in case. <laughs> Pause right there. Oh no! Well, no use crying over spilled hell? milk, right? But no one's ever spilled this oh much. Oh my gosh. Look at that mess. No matter how hard she tries, <laughs> Jessa just can't get out of pause mode. Pause All her. Right, play. Oh, man. Was that really necessary, Lily? Uh, and takes off with her sugar flakes. I know. What a bitch. Lily. You dirty bitch. Uh, so in this particular so the, video, oh uh, my goodness, the premise is uh, the girls are <laughs> gifted a rem uh, It's the remote from Click, except they just oh, pause yeah. everything. They, they get to pause everybody. It's a pause challenge. It's a prank war. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so they're pause. So yeah, these two girls. These girls have to be like 20, 21 years old. They're in a kitchen. And a girl goes to check a carton of milk, and the other girl pauses her and lifts the milk, and she dumps milk all over her. And it's like, and the both of them are wearing like nothing. I mean, they're wearing like little tube tops and like Daisy Dukes. Yeah, I uh, I think I might make this show art her standing in a puddle of milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather bizarre. <laughs> I want to just say this is the one, two, three, go challenge. It has almost seven and a half million subscribers. Oh, yeah. Uh, why don't you? I So we both understand that the view counts on YouTube are fake and gay made up. Yes. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and just read those fake numbers off to us real quick? Do you still have those tabs opened? I got them open. Yeah, the fake tabs. So we've got seven point forty three million subscribers. Mm hmm. Seven. Million four hundred thirty thousand subscribers, uh, seven million, and then we have one hundred eighty-one thousand likes, and we have twenty-four thousand dislikes, which is funny to see. That by the way, if you don't have the dislike uh, plugin for YouTube, you got to get it. Get your dislike tab back. YouTube's a completely different experience if you can't see the dislike uh, number. Uh. For something that has 24,000 dislikes, it's still a small chunk. It's like, it's only like 10%. Still got 90% approval rating. Well, this, um, man, 
This uh, channel, 123Go, among others, belongs to one mega media company called The Soul Publishing. Which the is Soul Publishing. Which is based out of uh, Cyprus. <laughs> and not only are these guys based out of Cyprus, they are the first media group to hit, allegedly, one bi- 100 billion social media views worldwide. More than Disney, Viacom, and Warner Media. That was a uh, small. Uh, this is from the CE, uh, COO of the Soul, Arthur Mamadov. Um, the Humble Origins is a uh, blog for the marketing. They, they started off as a uh, blog for marketing industry, uh, but this was back in 2003, the early days of the internet. As the internet expanded, so did we. By not just talking about advertising to marketers but by moving into something with a broader audience. Uh, first, they moved into memes, and then they eventually launched the channel Brightside, which featured a lot of DIY hacks. And there's a fuck... Uh, there's purportedly 140 different channels with uh, 70-odd Facebook groups that they run and maintain. Um, they've got stuff like 5-Minute Crafts. 5-Minute Crafts breaks down into... And these are each a different sub-channel. Tech, like, play, family, men, versus girly, recycled, teens, recipe, decor, fun, magic. I'm sorry if I just activated anybody out there. They got seven second riddles. Uh, Actually happened. Now, the thing, I don't have any clips from actually happened. But what they do in that series is they animate stories that allegedly happens. And they get, that channel particularly gets ripped on because most people assume that the stories are fake or made up. Um, mm. some of the evidence is given, like there's no place to actually reach out to that channel specifically. The email that's featured in the videos directs you straight back to the soul publishing contact, which is featured in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they got one, two, three go, which is what we were watching mostly. Um, actually the, so they just make like the most generic YouTube comment content possible. Yeah. They just make the most, like, they're like, they want to be the McDonald's of fucking YouTube. And then this stuff kind of leads me to believe that this is like acceptable pornographic material. It's got, uh, I mean, I didn't see anything. Nobody's conservative countries. Nobody's really talking about this sort of, uh, uh, I mean, it's not even, is it provocative? I mean, it isn't not. There's definitely a sexualization going on. It's a little titillating. It's very, I wouldn't call it subtle, but it's it's not overt. It's not like, hey, this is you know you're supposed it's like, to be. It's satin enjoying core. this. It's satin core. Yeah, it's it's Skinamax, but it, even less. Mm-hmm. It's it's meant because that seems to be one of the biggest issues, I think, in all of social media and and just the business of being online is porn is a is a bad word. You can't even say porn. You know, you, nothing has to have porn. TikTok can't have porn. All this shit can't have porn. YouTube, historically, you know, has never had porn, except if you know how to find it. Right. If, if you know how to look for it. Naked and then if you do. Yoga. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, it's just. And then you get these rumors in the dark, in the darkest circles that talk about, you know, like this Wayfair situation where you can go to these very benign looking sites and type in a certain code or a certain, you know, bit of something in the Earl and it takes you to some very dark, awful shit, you know? 
and there that has been known to have happened and and so it, there is just a lot of it's very subtle you got to hide this the trafficking shit you know what i mean yeah i was definitely getting some trafficy vibes from it um but you know according to the information that i'm looking at that i'm that i've seen they they're <laughs> they've got bases in over 70 countries um uh, in 2021, they had ended up, uh, they were hiring a ton of people. They hired 150 people in one month, 8, 8% of the total workforce at the time. Um, one of the quotes from the COO, we operate in a very different way. We, uh, we're demand driven. We look at the data to see what the audience wants and we make content for the audience. Yeah, we want it. <laughs> We want this. Then we see what gets audience response, and then we increase our production capacity to make more of that type of content and adapt it across all platforms and all languages. So if I can, they got the whole thing running on an algorithm. Yeah, oh, people like craft videos. We'll make a generic, dumb little craft video with you know young, cute people, and we'll just jam it out. It's uh, and they do um. 90, 90 uploads a day, give or take, by some estimations. Uh, so they are, I mean, they are a <laughs> content farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these channels is uh, allegedly the ninth most, uh, ninth, uh, ninth most subscribers of all channels. Um, ninth you know, most bots. Yeah. And... Uh, People were saying about $125 million in ad revenue and the click per minute or the CPM, whatever that's called. The actual views equals cash dollars from YouTube. They estimated mm-hmm. it to be about $125 million over the past five years. Nice. And I just, you know, I, I really wonder, is this the type of stuff that we should start doing? I mean, I would... Uh, money <laughs> laundering operations? <laughs> I was thinking more so just pouring milk down people's chest. <laughs> well, we do that. That's easy. <laughs> That's easy. That's easy. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there was a pretty lengthy hit piece. I didn't end up pulling any notes from. Uh, but one of the things that they reported on in this article was uh, they considered this organization to be a uh, sort of Russian propaganda machine. Uh, there is a video linked in the show notes. I did not pull clips because the audio quality is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they uploaded it, but they it's bad. Um, but in there, they kind of paint Stalin as this like, Oh yeah, Stalin came around. He gave everybody free housing and food and everything. <laughs> He's great. He's a really cool guy. Um, so yeah. Working for the propaganda uh, machine, as it were. Yeah. Uh, ripoff report quotes, uh, which is a website you can file reports against companies that scam you. Uh, one person said they have reported my content, uh, which was not their own. We do hard work day and nights on our Facebook pages and make a good size of uh, page members increase our fans uh, fan numbers. And suddenly such jealous people start uh, fake reports and then Facebook deletes the contents without any verification. This is cruel and it destroys our efforts, uh, which we do for years. 
kind of got this uh, big corporate boot stomping around, knocking people out. Kind of got this English as a second language type of thing going on. Oh, that whole website, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. We are a make big player in online type of game. All your bases belong to us. <laughs> All your views are belong to me. Uh, but, you know, it's, this just gets me thinking, this, this is the sort of stuff YouTube wants. And this is what, what we should give it. We should give YouTube this, what they want. This is how, if we're going to crack into the YouTube world, we got to just be the most sellouty sellouts of all. If, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it, right? Go big or go home. That's I ain't right. going home. I'm never cursing again. And we're just going to do little five-minute videos on how to craft little, uh, you know, little gadgets and whizmos. Um, I did actually reach out to Midnight Mike, who I know is probably one of the more experienced people with working on YouTube, um, just based off of the immediate no agenda stream. And I asked him what his, uh, if he had just like a quick hot take on the YouTube algo and sort of earning its favor when it comes to thumbnails and clickbaity titles. And he said, YouTube thumbnails, I believe, are evaluated to be included in the recommendation algo by the following. A human body closer to the camera or human eyes and fa uh, face contrast, loud, simple text. An image that conveys drama. But the key mm -hmm. to the algo is dramatic or devi uh, devi divisive title. Let's see. Um... Uh, seven fun ways to recycle old toys or make old toys great again. Um, I guess that's not super. Uh, is that? I mean, I mean, for recycling toys, it's a very dramatic title. Uh, also, is that technically a dog whistle? Make old toys great again. Yes, it would be. Yes. Oh, um, divisive indeed. Yeah. A dramatic thumbnail. A video description with some tags, content that targets a specific trend or topic. These feel very trendy in their actual production quality. And a uh, video file, that's technical stuff. Um, he did recommend that I look more into the actual, uh, I guess, workings of the algorithm, which I'm not very well versed on. And it really comes from a place of not using it. But I do agree with him. I, I think it's a very convoluted system trying to understand it. Um, it makes sense, though, when you describe all those things you just said. It, you know, when you look at a typical YouTube video, that's what they got. Face, big, big uh, text in the picture and thumbnail and, and the loud title. They all have that. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, um, see if there's anything else that he had on there. Uh, you must ask a question or present a dilemma that only the video can answer. And the first 15 seconds of the video are fairly important. Um, so, thank you for that, Mike. I, I appreciate the, uh, the insights. And, I mean, I got a couple, they're shorter-ish, uh, some clips on clickbait. If you want to get more into, I guess, the mechanics of it, uh, I'll let you decide. You know, I'm I'm kind of I've said my piece on this. I just, it's scammy. It's gross. It's what, uh, this is the type of stuff that YouTube and I guess stepping back Google and alphabet. That's what they want to sell. People is 
garbage like this. <laughs> yeah, they want to simplify it. They want to make a formula for it. And then just, if the formula pays out, then it works. Oh, you know what? Actually, I take that back. I, I found a, a Medium article of the seven reasons why parents love online kids content, the soul publishing via their medium website. Uh, they, they did a survey using census wide and uh, there was a couple of key insights. I'll just read through these real quick. Kids can learn digital skills and become more tech savvy. Thanks to online content. Short form media is, is excellent for entertainment while traveling. Parents are increasingly allowing their children to watch online videos as a means of recharging their batteries and taking a break. <laughs> mm. 41% uh, of parents said that they needed a break and let their kids watch online content while they did so. 41% of all parents. All parents, 41%. That's a huge piece of news. Uh, number four, instead of relying on long-form television to entertain their kids, parents are increasingly drawn to shorter online video content. Yeah, shortening attention attention spans. Can you... Okay, this might show my age, but could you call Saturday morning cartoons long-form television? No. I would not call it long-form television. Hmm. Our Saturday would be compared to now. I mean, a twenty-seven-minute cartoon is a, is a long video on YouTube, but it's a short video on TV. A, a good point to make. Uh, number five: Children now consume more online media than their parents did traditional television. Um, hmm. And kids love their favorite videos and watch them over and over and over again. Um. Online content is something that parents watch with their kids, especially parents in the Gen Z demographic. Yeah, this all sounds like Silicon Valley fucking HDR <laughs> bullshit nonsense. <laughs> Gobbledygook. Let's fucking get get an iPad. Your life will your kids will be smarter if they watch dumb fucking videos all day and listen to actual moron YouTubers and influencers. Yeah. <laughs> How to how to kill your friends and influence morons. <laughs> <laughs> How to make friends and kill them, too. <laughs> you could get OJ's book. I didn't do it, but if I did, mm, this hypothetically, is how start do killing it. people. Yeah, yeah. If I did, did do it. If I did. Um, it, it's, it, in the title, it's great. It says, if I did it, but if is, is uh, like, kind of shaded gray and I did it is all black. So it looks like I did it. <laughs> well, at least his conscience uh, is clear now. Oh yeah. Very clear. <laughs> we can He's all great. go home. Everything's OJ is a great a presence on Twitter. He's all over Twitter. It's like, Oh, I'm golfing. I'm just out here golfing at Mar-a-Lago. Hello, Twitter world. Um, let's see. Let me actually, tabulate the time up for this video because it wasn't all that long um oh, you know what 36 40 21 minute oh these are super short uh let's do this psychology of clickbait here real quick okay go for it it's going to be a uh, four-part breakdown we're going to go through the four keys uh to look out for information gap theory uh emotional arousal cognitive ease and intermittent reinforcement. Here's the first one. Information gap theory. 
While there are many facets to clickbait, the four key elements we will be talking about today are information gap theory, emotional arousal, cognitive ease, and intermittent reinforcement. Let's start with information gap theory, a concept popularized by Professor George Lowenstein. Essentially, information gap theory describes a gap of what we know and what we don't know. When this gap is realized, a feeling of discomfort occurs, called curiosity, and humans are naturally prone to close that gap. Let's take the title of this video for instance, The Surprising Thing Your Brain Can't Resist. I created an information gap here by instigating that the information in this video is surprising, as in you probably don't know about it. You then clicked on the link to cure your curiosity and close the gap between what you know and what you don't know. Yeah, pretty easy, right? Sure. There, the, a, a new unknown has been presented, and surely you must quench the thirst that you must feel to know that knowledge. Anyways, uh, this is uh, emotional arousal. But let's say, for instance, that I change the title to Horrible Clickbait Destroys Your Brain. Research shows that eliciting an extreme emotional response by using strongly worded titles leads to higher virality on the internet. Julio Reyes and colleagues analyzed about 70,000 headlines from four major news corporations and found that extreme emotional titles correlate with higher popularity. These findings are supported by research from Jonah Berger and colleagues who found that content that evokes high arousal, whether positive or negative, is more likely to be viral than content that evokes low arousal. Furthermore, Berger found that positive content tends to be shared more than negative content. So maybe I should change my title to Your Brain Absolutely Adores Clickbait. Or maybe even 10 Reasons Why Your Brain Absolutely Adores Clickbait. Since lists are clicked on more often because they make it easier for our minds to comprehend their information. Thank you for saving our democracy! That's not the one I was thinking it was. Oops. <laughs> I was hoping to have that. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. It's extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is incredibly dangerous. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, you gotta, you gotta emotionally charge it, you know, you gotta get people invested, you gotta get them mm -hmm. hooked, you know, mm -hmm. you ever heard of a story that wasn't, that didn't have a good hook, never goes nowhere. Or a song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, next one was cognitive ease. This leads to cognitive ease, the tendency for our minds to gravitate towards things that put less strain on our brains. We will be coming back to this effect in future videos. The best way to exemplify this is through an example. Would you rather click on the title, The Odyssey, an analysis, or 10 things you need to know about the Odyssey? Like it's even a question, right? One portrays itself as a lengthy article full of long paragraphs, and the other as a simple list. I gave that bitch a list. Bitches love lists. Oh. I'm on many lists myself, baby. Uh, the um, I just personally, if so, if a video says ten ten reasons, by I don't watch it because I don't. But that's just me. That's not. I don't think. I think most people get involved in that action. Seven reasons why you should be Derek. I'll only do it with video games. Damn it! <laughs> ten places I can get a good ass gun and whatever. Well, when you see that number and the the list, just know people are trying to pry on those emotions. And make it in bite-sized little chunks, which is something I learned a lot in construction, uh, writing and, and paperwork and stuff like that. You just want you don't want to write paragraphs, you just give the bullet points. That's all they want to hear. I'm kinda curious. It would be it would be interesting to click through and see like uh top ten um Dangerous top 10, top 10 lists. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, <laughs> dangerous conspiracies or, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. What, oh, don't they know. only talk about the, the wiener fucking weasel conspiracies on those lists. Yeah. Did you know that people really think aliens? <laughs> oh, did you know? 
People believe that you're on your giant flat dead street face. These flat earthers, they're anti Semites and they're racist. And okay, we get it. You don't know anything. We get it. You don't. You haven't looked into anything. I get it. We get it. Ooh. Bully Steed wanted to boost the gimp with 8888 sets via found. She says, Soy Boy sounds. My latte is a little cold. <laughs> I should find this. Uh, you read this up for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is one last one. Intermittent reinforcement. You got to hit it. You got to hit it hard. You got to keep hitting it till it sticks. But let's say you don't like what you read when you click on the latter article. Research tells us that you will keep clicking and clicking on more articles like that until you eventually get a satisfactory link. This type of effect is called intermittent reinforcement, which is when our brain compels us to do a behavior that normally elicits pleasure even if we are not immediately satisfied. This is often looked at by psychologists as the most effective way to train a behavior because there is always an anticipation that what you do will release dopamine, a feel-good chemical, into your brain. This is highly pleasurable and highly addictive, so animals tend to get fixated on things that release dopamine in their brains. In the case for clickbait, a dopamine release would occur when what you click actually delivers on what it says it will deliver. A good comparison is gambling. It might sound like a stretch, but you can easily see the connection between clicking on clickbait for a dopamine release and playing slots for a jackpot. It is unlikely that the desired outcome will take place, but that's what makes participating in these activities that much more addicting. Now, I think there is both good clickbait and bad clickbait out there. I mean, look at this. I lured you into this video with my slightly deceiving title, and maybe you learned something new because of it. With the vast amount of information being put on an ever-expanding web, maybe it's not a bad thing for our brain to gravitate towards certain links as opposed to other links. Just don't expect the things you click on to always be what they seem. Hmm. So that makes me wonder, do, do is it, does the, the soul publishing make these videos look so fancy and shiny, but have such demonstrously garbage content? So it makes people like, oh, well, there's this cognitive dissonance. You know, every, it, it looks like it should be really sharp, and I'm watching this. This is kind of dumb. Maybe maybe the next one. Maybe the next one makes a little more sense. Oh, they're eating, like, this crazy huge pizza, and it's kind of sexual. Oh, I'm going to get in there and see what else is going on in here. They hooked me. They got me. God damn it. Lavish. Yes. I need you to do something for me. Oh. I... I it's just it I don't know man it it's crazy that I can still I'm doing the thing that I get frustrated at and it's it it's harping on the same shit so I'm going to have to step away from this topic totally for a long while but I was tuning into Tinfoil Hat the most recent one they were uh <laughs> they got this uh re- reoccurring um discussion about how pac-man is a retelling of the gnostic histories and shows like how we are we die we get eaten by the moon and then reincarnated just to be eaten by the moon and reincarnated so on and so forth mm-hmm. um, but the first 10 minutes was just talking about youtube and i'm like this is what we're competing with does that make sense we are competing with russians and cyprus with production studios in 70 different fucking countries releasing over 90 videos a day raking in fake ad dollars <laughs> showing this to an, a massive audience of bots 
and it sucks. Ah, but they're doing it on an American site. I know. Aha, checkmate. Yeah, and we have spies and spooks that watch everything we do and rip us for ad money, and they operate in 150 countries, and they're, they're, it's America, baby. Mm -hmm. That's how we compete, by doing it even, by being even more evil than them. (laughs) That's true. You're right. Be more evil. (laughs) I mean, you know, not us, but our, our government. Oh, and oh, not really right. our government, but you know the lizards in charge of the government. Uh, so yeah, that was um, that's all I got on these clowns. I uh, got any final shots? No, no. This is always a nice little insight into the into the sausage that is the internet. Yeah. Well, as they say, this is a weird, wacky world that we're living in. It is what they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna have to save these uh, th- this channel, you know, for science. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, uh, we have to go, go watch more of this later. Uh, Next time I'm, you know, abroad. YouTube must be listening, and they are like some kind of evil wizard. Hmm. Well, we gotta that, go. We gotta go uh, vanquish the evil wizards. Indeed. Well, I mean, no need to be racist, but yes, I, I believe. Yeah, ultimately, yes. The algorithm must have heard that it was offended and it wanted to receive its pound of flesh because I think I even said the algorithm demands a sacrifice. The algorithm does demand a sacrifice, don't we all? And you can sacrifice a goat right now if you want to. Yeah. Yes, well, then I bully Steed. She says BTS is the creamy center of conspiracy. Only. It's not conspiracy. It's truth. <laughs> what, what do you think we talked about tonight that's been fabricated? <laughs> Yeah. Show me. talking about proven shit. Show me on the doll where the misinformation is. <laughs> uh, Show me where the narrative touched you. I was trying to bait somebody on podcast index.social last night. I almost got him. Almost got him. He was, uh. <laughs> You're a master baiter. I, yeah. Well, anyways, he was talking about uh, if you interview. <laughs> He, he said, what are your limits for the guests you interview on your podcast? And it had that Crowder change my mind meme saying, if you interview somebody on your podcast, that's an endorsement. And I said, uh, I've never done a limit before, but I do one. <laughs> what kind of limits are you considering? <laughs> well, I don't know. Look, I guess I never really thought about it. <laughs> what kind of limits could you suggest for me? Uh, anyways, um, I only had <laughs> one other quick thing, uh, and this is to double back. We're, we're circling back around to last week. You know how we had all those punk magazines? Indeed. I want you to take a look and um, take a look at this next link. It's in the green room, and I want you to just go goo goo. Like I did for the blood collages of John Bingley Garland, circa 1850 to 1860. Oh my God. Oh my. Holy Jesus. This is some of the most beautiful artwork I think I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. This is, uh, it's legitimate collages. He was using red Indian ink for the blood. Um, I mean, this stuff is 
jaw-droppingly beautiful. It's very lovely. Very intense. Packed with imagery. Non-stop, man. And this is almost 200 years old. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, I mean, it's just, it's rows of them. Rows and rows and rows. Uh, The Blood Book is handmade, folio-sized, with a handsome marble end paper and 43 pages of exquisitely crafted decoupage. John Bringley Garland, (laughs) the manuscript's creator, used collage techniques, uh, excising illustrations from other books to assume that that must not have been cheap no it must have been kind of weird butchering a bunch of nice books yeah uh to assemble elegant balanced compositions most of the source material is romantic engravings by william blake and his ilk but there are also brilliantly colored flowers and fruits snakes are a favorite motif butterflies another a small bird is centered on every page the space between the images is filled with tiny handwritten script that reads like a staccato sermon. One, yet has, uh, excuse me, this is a quote. One, yet has larger bounties to bestow, joys, powers, untasted, in a world like this, powers, etc. That's the phrases written in the in-between space. The book's reputation, however, rests on a decorative detail that overwhelms. To each page, Garland added, uh, languid, L-A-N-G-U-I-D, um, languid crimson drops in red Indian ink. Hanging from the cut-out images like uh, pend- pendal- oh my god, pendalogues. Pendalogues? Pendalogues. From a uh, chandelier. Little droplets. Okay. Uh, from a chandelier. Blood drips from platters of grapes and tree boughs. Uh, statuaries with skeletons. Crosses seep. A cheetah drools. Ang- angels dangle bloody sashes. A bouquet of white chrysanthemums is spritzed. Um. Uh, I I cannot get enough of this. I was so happy to find this. <laughs> Very neat shit. Yeah. You can check out some of that at zososcorner.substack.com. And I'll have the link there and you can see all this art. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very legal. Um, so, yeah. I definitely great for inner uh, inspiration. Would love to find a print of it somewhere. Show enough. Show enough, showity. Let's do a screen mail. Let's do it. In the green room. In the green room. In the green room. Uh, all right. So in the green room. I just wanted to tell you that it's kind of a, a little funny aside because I've incorporated a little bit of behind the schemes into my work life. Um, I've incorporated goat sacrifice into yeah. my day job. Of course, not actual goat mm-hmm, sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? But um, oh no, basically because I work in some incoming support. The idea is that, you know, hey, if you sacrifice a goat, your incoming numbers might be low and you might actually have a good day. But um, it's sort of become a meme in my team where we, uh, you know, we'll send like the goat goat gifs back and forth and all that stuff. But uh, little, like I said, little do they know that there's a little bit of like, my ideas are a little bit weirder than just goat sacrifice. So... Of course, I have this idea, you know, that that's come from reading some weird books and like, hey, as above, so below. So if you do some weird stuff over here, it actually kind of reflects back. in. Anyway, um, so anytime I actually want to sacrifice a goat to keep my incoming numbers low, um, I go ahead and boost the goat because as above, so below. And uh, that's why you get like some weird boost of goats coming in during the week. 
and of course, it's, it's very much like sacrificing some sats is, is very much more economical than sacrificing an actual goat. Uh, because, you know, goats provide milk and all that and they, uh, keep your yard trimmed and everything like that. Uh, plus, you know, the goats that we sacrifice in the green room, if you boost 99.99, you can put them back together and we can just use them again. That's true. So, uh, Recycle yeah. goats. Use it, use I just it, thought it was it. kind of funny that you, oh, not, well, I thought it was kind of funny and thought you guys might want to know that the whole, like, the idea of, of slaughtering goats and the, the boost a goat has kind of worked its way into my professional life. Um, so in the green room, hope you guys have a great show. Love you, Booberry. Oh. Love you, Lavish. Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh. Titillating. Quite a nice scream color. <laughs> Reverend Dr. Love. You're going to make me go stand in a puddle of milk. Oh, the milk's already there. <laughs> and it's not milk. It's, it's goat's blood. There's just goat's blood everywhere. Always has been. Always will be. Well, thank you, Pfeiffer. I, uh, it would be very nice and it will happen. Uh, it's one of those things that gets mentioned. Um, but it, I, I really would like to build out a 24 hour stream of just, you know, our show with the guests, the Babylon. Um, what, what's the series called again? Mysteries of Babylon. The, uh, Bill, yep. Co- Bill Cooper. <clears throat> yeah. The Bill Cooper, which, yeah, we've talked about that. Uh, having on just, you know, whatever music. Yeah, we got all the intermission music, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be really cool to have a machine dedicated to running things like the Boostagram or the Boost Bot through Gal, mm-hmm. IRC Cacophony, something that can stay on 24 uh, 7. Indeed, its own machine. Because I don't think that exists yet. I could be wrong. But I don't think there's like a 24 hour stream that has. Audio boost enabled twenty four seven. I don't believe so either. But we just might be the first. We'll see. I think it's definitely. It's just you know. It takes. It's just a matter of um, getting the hardware. I need some other. I need a smaller computer of some sort. I think. Mm-hmm. Just a little mini desktop one. Yeah, <sighs> it'd be nice. Yeah. Just a bunch of hardware, a bunch of cool stuff sitting around, ready yeah. to go. But uh, anyways, we should uh, continue on and just go straight into intermission. Oh, that sounds fine to me. Uh, every show we do a little intermission. This one, Boo Berry has crafted this one. And uh, yeah, we're going to just take a quick break and then we'll be back for a second, second half of show. Stick around. Yeah, this one's got some good stuff in it. Uh, Jamie Deluxe's band, the Sons of Adam from whenever is in here. Check it out. Sweet.
psychosexual theory, Freud found flirting difficult. Okay, sick on the plate. Cool, talk about something normal. Hello. Hiya. Some women were concerned about his reputation. I'm worried you're going to analyze the psychological cause of everything. Nein, I'm not like that. Probably because I saw my grandmother in the bath when I was three and it made me... Oh, I see what I've done. Desperate, he decided to make a dating video to showcase his personality. I'm a relaxed guy who loves to converse with friends. Worried I'm obsessed with data, will worry no more. Even my dogs love me. Oh, no, even my dogs love me. Even my dogs love me. Eventually tried to make his patients think they were attracted to him. I say a totally random word. You say the first thing you think of, it reveals your deep desires. Okay, older Austrian man. Hans from the bakery. Uh, Austrian scientist. Carmela. Psychologist. Wilhelm Wundt. A Nobel Prize nominated father of psychoanalysis. Oh, you. Oh, oh now this is a... Oh, oh, oh.
guys up to
full adaptation of the original cartoon in the 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo while still maintaining his perfect casting. You are all the way alive. Hi, this is Slick Rick. I can't come to the phone right now for obvious reasons. <laughs> but if you leave a message, baby, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Wait for the woo and the beep. Nella storia che non ama imperatori E si rimpasta il vecchio gioco del potere E mi ricordo di altre bandiere Altri slogan, altre facce, altre idee Sulle strade che entrano a Praga C'è il trionfo della repressione Sui carri armati dell'armata rossa C'è la maschera di un altro colore c'è chi maschera un altro colore E sulla piana che solca l'Ungheria Corre il treno di questa mia vita Ma tu mi dici che è già finita E non sai che dolore mi dai Tu non sai il dolore che mi dai Tu che mi dici lascia stare Sai che il tempo è un amico infedele E come vedi tutto cambia E l'amore solo di poesia e l'amore è fatto solo di poesia le mani sempre più tese e gli occhi schiusi fin dentro a un ideale e il vento sui nostri ricordi sulle certezze, sulle promesse sulle speranze di questo sogno che chiamiamo libertà Scorre il sangue di un popolo sovrano E tu soldato americano Con che pane questa sera mangerai Di che il pane questa sera mangerai Sul tamburi della propaganda Il regime è in mano ai suoi ideali Tanto una bomba quando esplode Fa gli uomini davvero tutti uguali Fa gli uomini davvero tutti uguali Ti ho aspettata per una vita Ma tu dov'eri sorella utopia? Tu dov'eri sorella utopia? Tu dov'eri sorella utopia? Tu dov'eri sorella anarchia? Le mani sempre più tese Gli occhi schiusi fin dentro a un ideale e il vento sui nostri ricordi, sulle certezze, sulle promesse, sulle speranze di questo sogno che chiamiamo libertà.
now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, Berry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. Welcome back to second, second half of show for Behind the Schemes, episode 136. That's right. That's right. It's episode 136, and it's also January 23rd, 2023. 1232023. It is uh, about a quarter to 10 right now here on the Breft Coast, which means it's a quarter to midnight over on the Central and a quarter to one over on the East Coast. This is true. Fact check true. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us here. We're live on the No Agenda stream. We're also live on our own Scaly Show stream, which you can find. Oh. At our site or at our show notes at zososcorner.substack.com. Yeah, we didn't mention this earlier, but we do this show every Monday night, starting the stream at 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock Eastern, respectively. Show starts around uh, 7 30, Eastern, give or take. Indeed, indeed. And we do the show, as the man said, we're live every Monday night. We have a chat room, hashtag green room here at irc.0, excuse me, irc.0node.net. Uh, and, uh, the chat room is hopping. Got about 40 people in there right now, chilling. Yeah. The, uh, one, one, <coughs> IRC has dramatically changed my life for the better. <laughs> it is, uh, really the foundation of my whole participation in this community. Come out of tie. Chat is the constant. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Gotta get in that IRC action. I was just a troll in the chat room. <laughs> Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, well, we have a couple of people that we definitely must thank for tonight for helping produce this episode. Uh these are indeed we are a value for value production, which means we don't have ads, we don't have corporate sponsorship, we just have public support. And uh we like to thank those people the second second half of show, the freaks of hazards that produce the show. And we had a, a slew of uh PayPal donations come through. Uh, first off, we have a new monthly donator uh, by the name of Captain Oblivious. You know him, you love him. Captain Oblivious, I know him well. Yeah, I'm go ahead and give you a five star. Put that five in your, stars. <laughs> put that in your social credit and smoke it. Oh, oh, <laughs> sir, you can't smoke your social credit in here inside. Have to go outside to do that. But uh, he, uh, he set up that donation for five dollars and fifty-five cents. Five fifty-five. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Captain or ma- Ma'am. Who knows? Who knows? Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was very bigoted of me to assume. Yes, I'm sorry. Anyone, anyone can be a captain. <laughs> Anybody can. <laughs> Pronoun violation. I know. I'm sorry, Adam. Um, I'm smoking my social score right now. The uh, next up, we had another monthly donation of five dollars and fifty three cents coming through from Sir Cross Stitch. Oh, thank you, Sir Cross Stitch. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, to round us off with the financial contributions, it's none other than Tunta with that magic number of three dollars and thirty three cents. Ah, thanks, Junty. Appreciate it. Yes, and uh. The the monthly donations that that really helps uh, helps us put that those funds towards things like Spook Social. It's the Mastodon instance that we run on the Fediverse, it's where a lot of uh, a lot of cool folks hang out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Helps keep the lights on around here, and uh, every 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 dime we make, we put back into the show. 
This is true. This is a matter if it's getting uh, crickets for making stickers or if it's getting uh, gear or if it's getting some sort of AI art generator or whatever. It always goes to the show. Yep. It's got to, man. It's got to. It feels so good. It does feel good. It's public radio. Mm, This is the public radio you always wanted. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Delicious. Uh, And then um, we didn't play it today, but Make Heroism did send two more uh, additions for uh, intro songs. Nice. Just bringing them out. I did forget to zip those up. I will do it tonight and send them to you so you can check them out. With the hit machine over here. Damn. He didn't have Pizza a chance. Pizza had to, had to kick it off. He had to get it on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Let's get this guy some background music. I hate it already. <laughs> I hate it. He stopped sacrificing because of that song. Was, oh, that no. was so bad. Well, like you know, like I was thinking it'd be funny with the uh, with the sitcom sort of vibe, uh, or maybe maybe there's a delay. Servo likes it. <laughs> I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> You're right, that is pretty terrible. I think we'll That's stick, okay. We'll stick with the uh, fortunate son next time. No, 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 no. It, it, no harm, no foul. It's great. It's it's great, booby. It's great. The uh, we'll get to those boosts here in a second because we had a couple, I think, come in during the <laughs> intermission. Um, there's some intermittent goat slaughtering going on here. Oh yeah, ripping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Do it. You got it. Let's do it. I'll kill a so, goat for you. I'm, oh, there you go. Kill a goat for me, too. <laughs> I'll slice goats for you. you there for me, too. Oh. I'll bash his head in with my baseball bat, too. Goat roasted, too. Mm. Doomed. I love the just the visceral nature of that doom shotgun. That's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. The double barrel. Solid choice. A treat. Solid choice. Works every time. Um. Still Katana. Might, still might be my favorite though. <laughs> that's that's a hot one. I like the KO too. Oh, and of course, who could forget? Psychoed. K.O. K.O. Goodness. 
The, uh, we will rack these up here. I want to... Oh, well, never mind. Oh, Oops. and he cleans up his own mess. <laughs> what a gentleman. Nice. Oh, Peter, you're a gentleman caller. A gentleman and a scholar. A gentleman and a caller. It's, it's rare to find somebody that is so adept at viciously slaughtering goats and has fork certification. Indeed. Powerful combo. This man has certs. Yes. Uh, the kind of certs that make him wet. <laughs> mm. He had to get those certs laminated, let me tell you that. Oh, God. <clears throat> I'm going to go oh, stand gosh. in a puddle of milk to cool down. <laughs> wouldn't uh, be the first time, it won't be the last. Certainly won't be the last. Uh, we had Dag come through. Dag is a recent addition to the green room scene, uh, hanging out, chatted a couple times. Uh, Dag was reaching out and they wanted to know how to send a bevy of isos and they did and, oh, uh, oh, nice yeah we're gonna we're gonna run through these here real quick uh like the oh they sent the glass of goats yeah if you're thirsty we get some more glass of goat glass yeah. of goat uh, <laughs> we're gonna go down there and have a donkey barbecue and i'm gonna furnish the ass yeah furnish that mm. ass dr phil mm. furnish that ass that explains it that smell wasn't this toilet it was a dead body which fits in with that video that we were watching earlier mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> there must be a back door somewhere classic <laughs> classic resident <laughs> evil that's a great one uh why have you come here i thought i told you to sit still at home that one comes from shining force which i believe is an old rpg uh for shining the, force for the playstation Hmm. Where am I thinking of? Oh, that's a uh, that's an old Sega Genesis game. I oh, know. Sega. Sega. Oh, I haven't thought about Sega all week. <laughs> Sega. <laughs> I barely know her. <laughs> Hell, hardly know her. <laughs> Show your moves. And then there's a whole stack of StarCraft. I'll, I'll hit here. Ah, uh, what the hell? I need that college money. Oh my. Are you trying to get invited to my next barbecue? <laughs> <Data -wise>. <laughs> uh, you keep nice. pushing me, boy, and I'll scrap you along with the aliens. This one's fun. <laughs> this is very interesting, but stupid. Oh, that's a classic. It's a Bob, uh, not Bob Newhart. Yeah, it is. It's Bob Newhart. Nice. Classic. Classic throwback. You're being very naughty. Very naughty. Very naughty. Jacked up and good to go. <sighs> All sorts of jacked. So thank you very much for those, Dag. Really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, some, thanks, Dag. Some this really is sweet. Fun stuff. Uh, Dag also provided that tarp for earlier. That we got out just a little, just in time. Yeah. We only killed five or six goats before we got that tarp out. And tarpa. Tarpa. Um. Also, Spaz has sent a slew of old life magazines ripe for the plundering. Oh. Of images. Oh, my. Plunder away. Yeah. I actually found an old uh, Zephyr advertisement in one of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was cool. I got that posted somewhere. Oh, you I, should send that into NA. Have, <laughs> him, have him drool over it. I tagged John in it, but I never heard nothing. It's so hard to get yeah. their attention on the socials 
Especially when they have you blocked. I don't think John has me blocked, but I could be wrong. Hmm. You're probably not, but you never know. You never know. Let's find out. <laughs> block me. Go ahead, block me. Go ahead, block me. Block me, you son of a bitch. Should we talk about all the goat boosts here? I think we got about uh, 15 goat boosts from Pitar, who is our resident uh, goat boogeyman. Yes, I got uh, a whole, there's just stacks upon stacks. I'm getting cross-eyed looking at them all. Oh my goodness. Of what? The art or the The, the goats. Yeah. The, bo- yeah. the goats. Yeah. One. They got about 15 in there, and then what else? I think uh, Booper of Noses got a few in there. Put together a goat with 99.99 via fountain, and then decided, actually, I'm going to slaughter the goat. And boosted 66.66 and said, friend's goat. Ain't show friend. And then, uh, again, Pizar was very kind enough to forklift all those bodies out of here. 41.10 sats. Curiocaster. We also had uh, a new face for 200 sats saying go, po- uh, go podcasting through Fountain. It's at user 828-372-4184042436. Thank you. Go podcasting. Thanks. I don't have that. Go ISO. podcasting. Yeah. Um, Crow Knuckles here with 3333 asking, what was that crowd unison Scooby clip from the break? <laughs> It is. So if you go to Zosa's corner, you can scroll all the way down and all of the material that is featured in the intermission is linked there. So all of the uh, CC by music that we play from free music archive, uh, some YouTube stuff, depending on SoundCloud, uh, so on and so forth there. uh, You can be found there with all of the uh, out of context meme videos. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yes, thank you very much for that. Uh, and I think that gets us all caught up. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? We got everybody, right? I think so. I'll send you those life magazines so you can check them out. There's some, uh, it's cool. There's quite a few in there. <laughs> Turbo Vegan in the chat g- gives Zephyrus some karma and then, but wait, California. So never mind. It takes the karma away. Take that back. <laughs> no mas. Zephyr's a nice line. I've ridden the Zephyr all the way to uh, Reno, which uh-huh. is about seven, eight hours from here. Not bad. Very lovely, and I went in the dead of winter, and there was a lot of snow, and it was gorgeous. I would, I would recommend it to anybody. Nice. All the way to Chicago, I think it takes a little under two days. From but, uh, I mean, the ride, full line riding the riding the train is the way to go. You're going to travel, yeah. go by train. Train's the best. Yep. You don't have to go through a bunch of security. You can drink. Yep. The worst thing about it is you can't smoke very easily. Unless it has like a designated smoking area, which usually they don't. Uh, so you got to like get your five minutes in whenever you hit a, a station. Right. But if you're not a smoker, then it's not a problem. Yeah. Let's uh, pop over here to the screen mails and we're going to see what we got. Now, we didn't mention this earlier, but if you want to text that number, you can always send us a message at 612 263 Nine nine, and uh, you can send us a message. And we did get a link to a video from a texter. I'm getting that queued up here mo- momentarily. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little behind. 
Here we go. Steven Crowder was offered a slave contract of $50 million. You know, slave wages. This after the conservative outlet Daily Wire offered him a $50 million contract over four years, with Crowder making a video showing some of the details of the contract, and with it accusing conservative media outlets of conspiring to censor conservative values in favor of profit. The Daily Wire quickly responded with a video saying that Crowder took much of the contract out of context, saying this was a basic contract that could be negotiated, saying if he was kicked off of platforms for things that he said, the reason that he would get paid less is because they would be getting paid less, and going on to accuse Crowder of expecting millions of dollars in payment even if his show didn't drive that level of revenue. And now big conservative names associated with The Daily Wire are speaking out, with Matt Walsh saying Crowder is deceiving you, and Ben Shapiro tweeting, it's nasty to attack my company in DW Plus posts as big con by lying about the meaning of a non-binding term sheet. It's despicable to plan weeks in advance to attack my best friend and your friend by setting up and secretly taping a phone call all to grow your email list, and then tweeting out a timeline. Steven Crowder. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go on the record here and say, <laughs> I even I even tagged the old yellow book in this regards, saying, I would rather deep throat a fork in a microwave than take a side <laughs> between these two guys. <laughs> between who, Steven Crowder and who? Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro. Okay. Okay. So is there some sort of debate going on between these two guys? So the issue at hand is... Uh, Ben Shapiro's outfit, The Daily Wire, uh, was in contract negotiations with Steven Crowder, and they sent him over a dummy contract, just kind of like a first barrage, like, just go through, redline this, tell us what you don't like, and then we go from there. It just kind of builds the structure around the, con the uh, contract negotiations, right? And uh, Crowder ended up, like... Uh, took offense to a lot of the things that was quote unquote demanded in the contract. Uh, they were going to dock his pay if his videos ended up getting pulled from YouTube, Facebook, etc. And the reason they were going to dock his pay is because if his videos aren't on those platforms, then the advertisements paying for those videos aren't being watched because those videos have been banned. So it's a loss in ad revenue. And the Daily Wire was going to dock his pay and uh, so on and so forth. He and uh, Crowder ended up filming or recording a phone call between him and one of the lawyers, I think it was, for the Daily Wire. Ended up making a whole video about it. It's been ass blasted. All of everybody's in a fucking tizzy over it. And apparently, apparently, people care. Yeah, it was $50 million for five years, four years, I think. And then there was uh, uh, contract extensions that he could get after the fact. Um, I even, I, I did bring Steven Crowder to Battle of the Douchebags, numero uno, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he's an OG. And he, uh, Ben Shapiro was also featured on Battle of the Douchebags. Yes. We covered a lot of ground with battle, actually. We we got a lot of people going. You don't even bring conservative people on. Anyways, the um, I just I don't know. Like this is this is all rich people problems. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, don't, I wish I could I make a video about getting stiffed out of fifty million dollars, but uh, you know I don't suck corporate cock so it's not gonna happen like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what to do i don't get it um and of course that was uh narrated by none other than uh philip defranco cotton gin oh yeah, fuck you who is uh he's like the 
how would you describe Philip DeFranco? He's like the he likes to paint himself as a centrist who's fair and balanced and is just there to provide you the news, but he is all about that clickbait. He is all he's got all the clickbaity sort of thumbnails, the the clickbaity headlines in his videos. Um, he's constantly encouraging people to leave their thoughts below in the comments, which is only used to gain more favor with the YouTube algorithm. The more action that your video has, the further pr propelled it's going to get. So I don't know. He's just a, he's a very, I, I've found him to be very disingenuous over the past couple of years. Monty is the guy that turned me on to him funny enough. Um, and I did watch him. Uh, for a number of years, um, I was into it. I was like, yeah, you know, this guy seems fair and balanced. Like this is, this is good stuff. You know, I don't feel like I have to take a side, but he's very one dimensional. I don't, I don't know anything about any of these guys. So I don't know. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I, I got, I got some, I got some clips. I know you do. I know you got plenty to, I know you have plenty <laughs> to say on the subject. Obviously. I, I even, I brought Philip DeFranco to battle the douchebags too. <laughs> um and then we had another text message saying uh what did this text say a man's gotta make a bet excuse me a man's gotta make at least one bet a day else he could be walking around lucky and never know it wow a man's gotta make at least one bet a day else he could be walking around lucky and never know it i i guess is it like an old wives tale I don't know. I can, I mean, I, it makes sense. Like, if you don't take at least one bet a day, how how do you know if you were lucky that day or not? I I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Um, and we do have uh one screamo we can go through. No, no, thank you for having a place that we can just scream. I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just needed. Sometimes it's not, but it's still therapeutic, and I guess therapy is needed. So, yeah, uh, scream. Uh, the other day, the wife and I were driving, and, or we're in the same car, and uh, and uh, there's a semi on a residential road, and like kind of like, I guess, like very last minute, like I'm turning, and then turn on this turn signal kind of thing. It moves over to the lane, and then we're like, whoa, you know, like, hey, you know, you got to get a little bit more warning, especially being a semi, and uh and then it did it again, and just kind of like back and forth onto the road a little bit, and I'm kind of like paying it. We're, there was no like, call, or you know, call this number kind of thing on the report, report the driving or whatever. And uh, anyway, and then we pull up on the pull up on the side of the the cab, and it's like, oh man, is is the, is the United States Postal Service, man? It's like what? But anyway. There was a number. I mean, probably could have done something and just kind of like complain, like, "Hey, you got a driver." Just kind of like no turn signals and stuff like that, back and forth on a just a you know resident or residential, whatever, like two lane road, um, not the freeway. So anyway, so we were kind of like, ah! but luckily we didn't get squished because you know you gotta pay attention. You gotta just assume somebody's gonna cut in front of you, and you do well by that most of the time. So all right, we Lavash. Blueberry Mothman of the Broken Pogo Stick. <laughs> Not sure where that came from, but I'm looking at some pool cues. Oh, you know. So maybe that's why. I don't know. All right, Broken Stick. I love you guys, and I uh, appreciate all you're doing. 
And, uh, you know, remember, I know you already are with all the goats and whatnot, but uh, stay dangerous. Make sure everything's sharpened. You know, doll blade is, is no good. No bueno. And, uh, Indeed. I don't know what kind of operation, if it's if it's just straight up, you know, like a... Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty automated. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you have to go in there with the goats by hand occasionally in case in case the machine breaks down. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Game uh, straight. You know, whether, whether or not you're looking at the goat or the goat's looking at you, remember to say, Kaka caller. Indeed. Always. Thank you for calling. And to alley oop on your uh, truck driver. He should have played chicken with this motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So I understand. Mm. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, we got uh, we got two more left. I think we'll save them for the end. There. Is that yeah, sound good? we'll save them. Yeah. And uh, what's uh, what's this on the Royal Dutch that you got here? Well, um. I don't I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Maybe we've talked about it in passing on the show in the past. But I just wanted to bring up a an important member an important royal family that uh, gets lost, I think, a lot of the time in a lot of the discussions of what goes on concerning big oil and concerning uh, environmentalism as it stands now and climate change and the big rush for all these, you know, fucking European companies, and in particular the Netherlands, they're always talking about pushing windmills and and talking about changing the the narrative and the conversation around climate. But the truth is, is that the Royal Dutch family are basically the Rockefellers of Europe, mm. and um, Royal Dutch Shell, or just Shell, as everyone has seen, uh, probably they've. Probably filled their tanks at a, at a shell station at some point. Uh, they are the, the Royal Dutch family are are part owners of that and have been for over a hundred years. And nobody ever really says anything about that. No one ever really mentions that Shell is 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 like a, a Rothschildian Royal Dutch operation. Um, just a little background on Shell. Did you know that, by the way? That uh, Shell came from the Royal Dutch, or that they they had a partnership. Were, yeah, the the Royal Dutch family had a stake in Royal Dutch Shell. Doesn't that stem? And if I spoil anything, I apologize. But doesn't that stem all the way back from the East Indies Trading Company? That's correct. Oh shit! That's correct. It it goes back to the sort of end of all of that. Um, but yeah, the Dutch. Had uh, they had a lot of enterprises going. The Netherlands historically it was a very <laughs> enterprising little country, and it's actually astounding that they weren't absorbed by Germany or or any of these powers Ooh, in the same way that, that kind could. of Austria was. Yeah, they they've just stuck around. They've always been around, even though they're in between two major European superpowers. They've always been able to stay independent, much like uh, Luxembourg, another example. But anyway. Uh, the the Royal Dutch family started getting involved in all kinds of things through the the Dutch, the East India Dutch Company. They got involved in in particularly in the East, as they called it, uh, in India and in uh, some of the Pacific Islands. Even they were kind of going around there in Indonesia. 
1890, uh, William III, who was the king of the Netherlands, he uh, chartered a sort of, he, he was the one who like let the, the people go and, and try and find oil and petroleum. He, and it all had his backing. And the company in particular at the time was the Royal Dutch Petroleum Company, uh, which then merged with Shell, which was an English kerosene transporting company. Uh, they, the two of them merged together in 1907 with Royal Dutch and Shell having a 60-40 split, respectively. Um, they must have had the uh, infrastructure, the transportation lines. Indeed, yeah. Shell was the one that moved it, and Royal Dutch was the one that uh, that drilled it and, and refined it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but the two of them together began the vertical integration, the, the complete control of, of every aspect of the industry. And there are a couple characters that are important in all this. I, I, the, the history of Shell is fascinating it, because it doesn't just end with, with what I'm talking about today, which is the very, very beginning of Shell and, and how it started. It has a fascinating history through, through the 20th century as well, in World War I and World War II and beyond. It had a, a huge part to play. Um, the, the royal family itself wasn't so involved. They had the ownership stake, and then they would have these other guys like uh, J.B. August Kessler, who was the first director. <laughs> they don't name him like that anymore. No, no, they don't. <laughs> I like the thing about him is he's got four names, but they call him August of all these things. He's got two first names, but they call him by his middle name. Kessler, Kessler. There's a, there's a, uh, some sort of, isn't there a telescope called Kessler? Yeah, there was a great astronomer, astronomist uh, named Kessler. And there's like the Kessler effect and things like that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure some smart people in the chat would know all about Kessler. Mm. Um, but he was like a, you know, heart of darkness, Conrad type of character going into the jungles of Borneo and uh, in Indonesia and fighting off fever and trying to, you know, get local tribesmen to work for him and build him you know, these oil rigs and shit like that and try to get rail involved. Uh, so he was the kind of guy that came in there and was the, the real pioneer. Mm-hmm. Of, of European oil, as it were. And then he he got involved and hired this other guy, Henry de Terting, who's considered really the, the John D. Rockefeller of Europe. Uh, this de Terting guy, he, he takes over after, uh, eventually, Kessler died from, you know, just crazy. <laughs> I mean, he died in Africa from like a heart attack or something, from malaria, you know? He <laughs> dies from adventure. He died from adventure. <laughs> And from living in the late 1800s and traveling a lot. <laughs> That's what he died from. Um, but this guy, is, his accountant, this accountant that he hired, Deterting, he takes over and he has the explicit intention of, of being a rival to Standard Oil, which at the time, between 18, the 1870s and the 1890s, uh, Rockefeller was changing the oil industry from being about petroleum and being about, you know, lighting lanterns to the development of the internal combustion engine. And you have, you know, cars and things like that starting to make their appearance and the, and the engine being used more and more. And this gasoline that I guess they had access to was perfect for, for the engine. So the, what they were drilling 
over in those jungles was was high quality stuff. So eventually, uh, they got to a very prosperous point, and they bought out Shell, which wasn't doing so well. And the history of Shell, it's a whole different history in England. Um, but those guys had their connections with the Rothschilds. Both sides of these, both companies had connections with the Rothschilds through some mean or another. Uh, Shell did it through Fred Lane, who was their um, English, like, broker for their Paris branch. And for anyone who's unfamiliar with how the Rothschild family, you know, initially got that massive wealth and became such massive players in the banking industry, it was one guy. And then he had his five sons go to all these different hotspots in Europe. So one went to London, one went to uh, France, one went to, you know, here and there and everywhere, Germany. And so you had all these branches everywhere. And so this guy was operating with the English and the French branches. And then the, uh, and then Royal Dutch was operating with the, with the German and Dutch branches. So they got together and I'm sure that the Rothschilds had their stake in it as well. Uh, the problem is the reason why I would have clips to play Booberry, I would, but the thing is, is that it's really hard to find clips of people talking about this stuff. It's very difficult to find clips on YouTube of them talking about the Royal Dutch family's connections with Shell and with oil and with the, the whole history of oil. I do. You know? Well, there is one person that comes to mind, uh, uh, James Corbett of the Corbett Report, CorbettReport.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. Yes, Corbett. Yeah, I'm sure if I clip some Corbett stuff, he's he's definitely got some information on it. He follows all that stuff very well. He's followed big oil and big banking very well. James Corbett. Good oh, call. Oh, yeah. He does have that documentary, Why Big Oil Conquered the World. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good one. Yes. If anybody here is listening to this show hasn't listened to or watched any of Corbett's stuff, you should you should do it. Behooves you. Yeah. And not to get too tangenty, but this is another guy that <laughs> shows up with the receipts on his website. It's so, so thrilling yeah this guy's got the show notes for sure i mean i'm still scrolling (laughs) uh granted most of its transcripts but there is links in it Uh, it's so precise Mm -hmm. we've got some pretty good juicy material in our show notes i've got uh an sec form 20f or shell dated uh i was trying to find some more recent copies but this is a real full one here from uh, the end of 2001 and it just has some really good information on the history and on kind of what it is that they operate in and how many things that they own. You can go on the, on the, on the, in the show notes, this is corner.substack.com. You can see that there. Uh, the form 20 F is something that the sec requires for, from foreign companies. If they want to be listed on like the New York stock exchange, mm. for example, then they have to fill this form out and they have to, they have to t- t- talk all about themselves. Um, <laughs> Sit down. The information tell us about yourselves. Tell us about yourself. Fill this form out. Uh, so we got some of that. We got some other documents in there, all archived. It's very lovely, very nice. Mm. And for me to get into it, because it's getting kind of late, I don't want to go too heavy into it. I just kind of wanted to crack into it. I, I would love to do a, a, a longer form bit on this with some more clips involved uh but uh, let's see here we're talking about 
Shell and Royal Dutch. By 1900, the company possessed oil fields and refineries all over. They had a fleet of oil tankers. They bought up Shell, uh, which then they had control of the flow of, of, it had something to do with the Rothschilds. It's in the notes here somewhere. Um, but, uh, oh gosh, so sorry. It is, involves the Suez Canal and the Rothschilds' hands in that. So it just, it, it's weird. They, all these elitist uh, European families, they all have major, major parts to play in, in, the, in big oil, in the big oil game. And when they talk about big oil, they talk about the seven sisters. They talk about the seven major oil companies of the world, which really control all of modernity as we know it. That's weird. I've never heard this referred to as the seven sisters before. The seven sisters, Shell being just one of the seven. Right. So you've got Exxon Mobil, or you've got you've got three versions of Standard Oil. You've got Exxon Mobil, you've got Chevron, and you've got uh, New Jersey Exxon, basically. And then you've got uh, Texaco, Gulf, um, Shell, and another one that I'm forgetting. And th- that's it. Those are the big ones. They control everything. And whoever controls them controls all this, and they, they really are very good at not letting out their information on who their shareholders are, which is something that I've always... They, they always hide that shit for the big, big companies. For, for Shell, they really don't want people knowing that the Dutch family has, has a direct stake in Shell, even though it's, it's common knowledge. But they don't want to promote that because the Netherlands wants to promote this image of them being very environmentally friendly and, and, and being on the cutting edge of windmill technology because windmills are a huge part of their, of their historical image. Right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was actually uh, thinking back, um, <clears throat> that first episode that, uh, that you had joined me for the, uh, we had talked about that crazy, uh, artist that was doing all this, these light sculptures and stuff like, simulating the water levels of 2050 in the Netherlands. And, you know, the water levels were like three stories tall under a bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a Dutch artist. I I went and looked it up. Ah. The studio Rosegard, Rusegard. Rusegard. Yeah. Sounds, sounds shady. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The Dutch, those sneaky Dutch. They're, they're behind everything, aren't they? Adam. (laughs) <laughs> uh anyway i have one clip here to share of uh wilhelmina who was william iii's daughter and one of the first in a line of three queens that uh ruled the netherlands she's one of the longest reigning queens i think she reigned for 50 plus years or something and she was really in in on the throne for all of the the big, big advancements of oil. Her dad, William III, set it up, but he died before he got to see the Industrial Revolution really carry off. She was queen through World War One and World War Two, And uh, I've got this clip. One of the clips I got is this old-timey deal of her abdicating, of her giving up her throne to her daughter and re- basically retiring as queen. You want to play the one clip? Yeah. Texture. Oh, yeah. A 
note of sadness underlies Holland's days of pageantry as the nation joins in bidding farewell to Queen Wilhelmina, mother of her people for 50 years. 2,000 ships and their crews pay the same tribute as the crowds gathered before the Royal Palace at Amsterdam and now awaiting a memorable decoration. In simple terms, the Queen announces her abdication in favour of her daughter, Princess Juliana, for whom she asks her people's acclamation. Ik stel er prijs op u zelf mede te delen dat ik zojuist mijn troonsafstand heb getekend ten behoeve van mijn dochter, koningin Juliana. En ik acht mij gelukkig met u allen te kunnen uitroepen, leven, ongevonden! Deeply moved, Queen Juliana pays tribute to her mother, who now becomes Princess Wilhelmina. Thank you, lieve moeder, that you op deze wijze hebt ingeleid. Ik voel het als een groot leed dat we uw wijsheid en uw ervaring en bovendien uzelf voortaan zullen moeten missen als onze koningin. Leve het vaderland! different time i know i might mm, is this johnny rotten today oh. we need a special kind of courage god save the queen my son fuck the king <laughs> nice yeah not then everybody loved her they she, they thought that she was the greatest because she had brought this this unparalleled prosperity uh, the netherlands got to be the the rockefellers of Europe and they got to just have this unbelievable standard of living and they got to be independent and they got to be independent throughout all of the wars. The fact that she was at the helm for both world wars and that they both, both times were able to be separate from Germany given everything that was going on. So there was a massive amount of national pride and I've argued with people. I hope, I think there may be people, they might be bots, but I've argued with people on Reddit that say that they're Dutch and I bring this up to them and they're like, just because it's called Royal Dutch shell doesn't mean the Royal family's involved. And uh, then I go and I give them a fucking corporate charter and I show them some history and they're like, Oh, this won't stand. Oh shit. And you know, Hey, aren't you guys proud of this? Isn't this a part of your national identity? Because it is, you know, your standard of living, everything that you have is, in part, thanks to this, like you guys don't know about this. It'd be like if we didn't know about Standard Oil. Oh, what's he did? What? So I don't know. It's a very interesting, very hush hush thing. I know that it just goes to show that the royal family itself, who do the hardest out of anyone to be like, we're just normal people and we drink beer and smoke cigarettes and ride bikes. <laughs> we're just like you, peasants. We're just like you. I was watching a YouTube video. Top ten poorest. European families. 
And they were on there. And they're like, this guy only gets an annual stipend of $35 million. But that's from taxpayers. That's not his personal wealth. Do you think the Dutch queen cuts up Barbie dolls and make bookmarks out of them? I would. I don't so. think you need to. You need Barbie dolls at that level. You could just get real little people. Oh shit! But then there's oil in the plastics that make the Barbie. D- oh. Yep. Oh, they get their cut no matter what, dog. Oh Jesus. And I bring this up because you bring up a funny point, but true. That oil really has everything to do with everything. It's so ingrained in our way of life now. Mm-hmm. The toys, the medicine. And through medicine, particularly, and people are very uneasy about the connection between big oil and, and big pharma. But that's a very real connection. And, and just in everything, real estate. Uh, that's where the money is. And I also, in researching this, found out that all of the Saudi Arabian shit, they all have stakes in that too. <laughs> so it's not even like they're independent. Oh, Saudi Arabia, they're making billions and billions. It's like, yeah, but we also still get a cut. We probably get 40% of what they make, or they get 40% of whatever, you know. The, these These royal families have a secret stake in all of the big shit. Because that was the deal back then, you know, that's why the Rothschilds were wealthy and powerful to begin with is because they figured out how to loan to entire nations as opposed to individuals or families or businesses. This is the scale you're operating on here. Yeah. Sell your loans to the government, man. Yeah. Treasury is fucking worthless. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to ta- give you a little taste of, of shell and remind everybody, this is more like a PSA more than anything that these people are shitheads and they own it. They own us all. I also have a great little collection of shell logos uh, that's uh, at the top there. That's probably going to en- end up being the chapter, right? Yeah, these are good. The different shell logos through the years. I'm kind of partial to that 1948 one. That one's like got the most hellish vibes to it. Yeah, it's a very satanic red shell. It definitely stuck with the yellow and red theme for a long for a long time. Yep, all air and fire, baby. All mm-hmm. all swords and wands. Hey yeah. 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 Uh the nineteen thirties one, it's got that uh, sort of art deco vibe to it. Art uh nouveau, maybe. Yeah, no, it definitely has the the, the mollusk shell itself is very art deco. Mm. You know, all these little waves and textures and shit. And then as time goes on, printing becomes more important. Accessible, you can see the simplification of the logo. They got it down, you know, it's basically just a blob with two colors. <laughs> Easy yeah. to print. Yeah. No detail, man. No detail. Yes, the artistry completely stripped away. Nothing but corporate music. I'm looking back through uh, Mo Fax show archives. Because if I remember correctly, he had an episode on Shell. And I think the topic on hand was the sixteen nineteen project, if I remember correctly. And I don't want to get too deep into it just because I don't remember the episode specifically, but I remember it being uh Shell was funding some kind of gnarly hits in Africa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shell fucked Africa up. Bad. Yeah. 
I mean, environmentally, politically, those guys were real shit stands. You know, the Dutch, the Dutch were all over Africa mm-hmm. to begin with. So it was uh, Belgium. And uh, yeah, they just, they really wreaked havoc and they've done some really awful things for a very, very long time. I would love to do a whole bit on that. I mean, we're talking about modern shell. We're talking about their effect on Africa. Yeah. The, uh, they have some of the clips for the newer episodes from OFAX, but uh, it doesn't look like this one has it. Episode 37, A Shell Game. A Shell Game. Nice. All right. I got to go back and listen. That's, that's a while ago, episode 37. Yeah. Oh, executive producer, uh, Dame Jennifer Buchanan. Hey, Nice. Um, nice. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, episode thirty-seven. Anybody who wants to look into this, the history of the history of Shell is really interesting. And as I understand it, there's a very nice four-volume series of books on it as well. Oh, that I need to relook up again. I've not and heard of this. put on there. I uh, yeah, it's it's there. It's there somewhere. <laughs> it's on the internet. That's how I know it's for real. It's on. It's for real. It's on the Amazons. <laughs> History of shell. Uh, a fistful of shells. Wow. West Africa, the rise of the slave trade, the age of revolution. I like it. I don't know if that's about shell though. Uh, well, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, we'll find it. We always we'll do. <laughs> always do. Can't hide for long. So that was my little PSA on on the Dutch and those little sneaky bastards. Yeah, they got that money rolling. Yeah. Here comes the money. Money but talks. They're, they're definitely, uh, you know, Mr. Environmental, though, over there, aren't they? They're just trying to do the, the good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like, go back and click through all those uh, those super Dutch uh, art exhibits. Uh, Water Licked was one. That's the one I remember. Water Licked. Yeah. They were going to visualize the the floodwaters. Here's a here's the uh, PDF. To uh, I'm looking at some of it here. Yeah, yeah. Water lights, or excuse me, water light. That's it. Water light. I like it. Yeah. So Rosen Brosen Garden So so conscious. The Rainbow Rose Station. Guard. <laughs> Rose Shield. Much. <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> Rosicrucians. Anybody. I think that even came up. It's in there somewhere. I'm not. <sighs> Anyways, let's uh, let's do uh, some screen mails. Oh, um, some because we got quite a few. Here we go. Hello, hello. Come back to me. What the fuck happened? Ah! I just got done running and like. I was running, I go turn this corner, and sometimes I'm in the bike lane, and sometimes I'm on the sidewalk, just depends, whatever. And, like, just a very, very few feet away from me, like, all of a sudden, just, stuff just goes sliding, and it was, I think it was, like, a pickup with a trailer, and they must have been, like, hauling, like, old fence or something, that like, fall, well, it was, like, old fence or something that had fallen down. And, uh, just goes sliding like, right where I would have been running. I was like, oh, man, dude, that would have not been cool. It was just, you know, if I was a second later kind of thing, and, or if I'd have been a second earlier and I was in the gutter, like, it would just hit me and whatnot. So I got running a little bit, and then I, like, turn around because I look at it, and it's, it's right where, like, a turn lane would be. So I ran back real quick and tossed it all up on some grass because, obviously, somebody running over 
wood slash with big old nails is not going to be a bueno, bueno, uh, time for them. So anyway, but yeah, man, you got to tie that stuff down. Don't, don't just, uh, take it for granted. So, you know, stay dangerous, but not, not by faith, man. That's just deadly. No, no bueno. So, uh, yeah, let me go and, uh, cacao. Head on a swivel out there, collar. Yeah, can't be too careful. Never. Let's uh, see what this next. This uh, next one's short. Hiya. Oh, <laughs> Get, oh, couple. <laughs> give him a couple more. Hi, hiya. Nice chip chop. <laughs> oh, chippity chip chop. Ooh, <laughs> whirlwind attack. I, I can it's spin. super effective. <laughs> I'm spinny. Uh, all right. This caller is going to wrap us up for tonight. We got three in a row. No, oh, hey, guys. You ever been alone in your house and you just, you know, get the feeling that, uh... <laughs> I think uh, caller was asking if we've ever been alone in our house before. I'm alone in my house right now. I'm oh, alone in here. I hope nothing happens to me tonight. I hope no one finds me. <laughs> Never gonna catch me. I'm just alone in my house. <laughs> I hope a ghost doesn't come up on me and start sexually gratifying me. That would really suck. <laughs> I'm over here. OBDM had a pretty awesome segment about houses selling for more that were haunted with ghosts that would provide sexual favors. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, they, just so you know, this house is haunted. The guy's like, really? Uh, oh, yeah. what, what kind of ghosts are we talking about here? Uh, what, uh, you got any pictures? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm here about the uh, the, uh, the house. <laughs> Sweat. Um, I'm here. I'm here. I'm an appointment. Yeah. Ooh, looks like uh, that last call triggered a memory in the caller. Oh, caller's triggered. So the schemes that that lavish just spoke about uh, triggered a memory. And if I sound triggered. distracted, sorry, I'm. Looking for my cigarette. I feel fucking but, uh So, you mentioned these the big oil companies being known as the Seven Sisters. Oh, well, yes. I have, years and years ago, when I first started having, like, uh, episodic dreams, the very first one of them... Um, I was back in my old high school, and uh, there was, uh, you know, a tornado drill going on. And so we were all in the hallway, uh, up against the lockers, typical dealio. And then um, one of the teachers came and tapped me on the shoulder and said, someone wanted to talk to me. And uh, I followed them down the hall. to one of the doors that went outside and um, she directed me to these twin ladies that uh, were standing outside the school and they said 
here, we want to show you this. And they showed me a book. They said, this is the book of the seven sisters. And each page of the book had, I don't know, these odd symbols that I don't know what they were. Uh, can't really recall them now either. Uh, and then each color, each page was a different color of the rainbow. I remember that too. Oh, that's creepy. And so we're looking through this book and then, uh, we look up and that school, that hallway we were in or out of, uh, we were outside. The direction we were looking was south. And, um, like the horizon was real dark. It was just, you know, a big, bad looking storm rolling in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were, they became like where they were just looking at it and, uh, staring at it. And so I'm starting to get worried. I'm like, well, hey, what, what is that? And, uh, they tell me, well, that's the, the worst thing that's ever going to happen. Damn. Holy shit. That's very surreal. I told you, man, there's something weird about that seven sisters. It's because when you have seven of a family, the the one that I always think of is seventh son of a seventh son. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you step back and you look at like a I guess all the different names for the globalists, there's not ever any sort of like feminine reference in describing these various uh, outfits and organizations, right? Mm-hmm. The the actual nicknames for them. I never feel like there's anything f- feminine, you know, name Other than the motherland. Motherland is the only thing I can think of. Right, but I mean, even that's more of like a, I guess, a, a Russian nationalist type deal. Yeah, the Russians do it, but but it's not just the Russians. But uh, yeah, I see. I see your point, though. There aren't a lot of feminine titles for these um, these big institutions. These clandestine groups. They got them for ships, and buildings, but not for big organizations like the Seven Sisters, which it it, it does sound very like spooky and culty. Yeah. Um. Well, caller Lucky seven. Yeah, caller has a follow up. Uh, let's check it out. Oh yeah, so that was a uh, a weird dream, and it was very vivid. I mean, I still remember it, and this was I couldn't tell you how many years ago, two thousand seven, maybe. Uh, and it was that whole dream took I don't know maybe four dreams to get all the information, and never went back to that place again. Given it was it was my old high school, uh, but I never saw those twin ladies again, and uh, Weird. never heard anything about a book of the Seven Sisters or anything like that again. Oh, and P.S. I found my cigarettes. I was looking all oh, over the place for them. They were in my shirt pocket the whole time. Uh, last place you checked, but uh, you know. Like they always Welcome are. If you got them, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, ah, caller. 
Oh, yes. Man. The seven sisters are as follows. <clears throat> the Anglo-Iranian oil company, Shell, Chevron, Gulf Oil, Texaco, uh, Standard Oil, New Jersey, and Exxon Mobil. Standard Oil, New York. The expression seven sisters was coined by the head of an Italian state oil company, Enrico Mattei, who sought membership for his company, but was rejected. Hmm. And Collar lives in uh, in the heart of uh, oil country. There is a lot of oil down there. Yeah. City built on oil. This is interesting. Seven Sisters. Wikipedia. <laughs> they have a different list. Um, that That's because this list is historically... Uh, excuse me. These are women's colleges. Uh, liberal arts colleges in the northeastern United States. Uh, Bernard College, Bernard College, uh, Mount Holyoke College, Smith College, Wellesley College, Vassar, and Radcliffe. Uh, both of those last two were absorbed by Harvard in 1999. Harvard, buying everyone out. Yeah, and these colleges were created to provide women with the educational equivalent to the traditionally male Ivy League schools. Ooh, the name Seven Sisters is a reference to the Greek myth of the Pleiades, the seven daughters of the Titan Atlas. Ah, the Pleiades, of course, of course. Now it's all making sense. The Pleiades are the Seven Sisters. Let's see. Ah, and uh, Fletcher accurately says in the chat, Seven Continents. That's true. Seven days of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, seven's an important day. Yeah, together the they were the seven sister nymphs, companions of Artemis, the goddess of the hunt. Together with their seven sisters, the uh, Hyades. Oh, this is gonna <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Later, we'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can read it yourself. I don't remember this one. That's the that's the issue. Mm. Yes, indeed, and and. The oil guys definitely have a taste for the esoteric, so they gotta have to. You're gonna have to put a little something in there. Yeah. After Atlas was forced to carry the heavens on his shoulders, Orion began to pursue all the Pleiades, and Zeus transformed them into the first doves. Uh, for transformed them first into doves, and then into stars to comfort their father. The constellation of Orion is said to still pursue them across the night sky. Mm. To this day. Fascinating. They say that the stars are still up there to this day. Chasing also, down. what? Chasing down air holes. <laughs> yeah, pin pinholes in the cutting of night. And, uh, of course, as you know, the Pleiades are where the... And they live. They have, like, little interstellar, interstellar travel to and from the Pleiades. It's where the aliens come from. FYI, bitches. Very spooky. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, caller, for sharing your your nebulous dreams with us and, and being triggered by the Seven Sisters observation. I think that it's something that we could explore further in the future, the Seven Sisters, and with more clips and a little more context, I could explore more into the history of Shell. Although now... I have to listen to uh, Mo's episode on it. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I think I'll do the same and that Corbett one. And the Corbett, yeah, which 
if it's the history or the how big oil ruled the world or whatever, I've seen that one for sure a couple times. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've been a fan of Corbett for a long time now, and fucking like ten years now. <laughs> we should uh, we should legitimately reach out. Oh, dude, if we got him on, that'd be so sweet. Yeah, have to bring some serious data. Let's do it. We're gonna make you proud, James. James. Uh, I will. I'm, I'm probably like a knight. If if James Corbett had knights, I would be a knight. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I've given him $1,000, but I've given him, like, money. Nice. So maybe he'd hit us up. Or maybe he would hit us back. Anyway, yeah. Do you have any more Scream Mills? Nope. That was it. And you may have noticed by this point that Charlie Robinson did not join us for tonight. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh Charlie, unfortunately, he had to reschedule, and we have him rescheduled. And he will be joining us on February 13th. Mm-hmm. And he will be included in the splits. Oh, yeah, baby. He's got an Albi wallet. Oh, shit. <laughs> mm, 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 you mm. get sats, and you get sats. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spray these sats all over your face. <laughs> That's what we do around here. I have to do it. Simply must, and then uh, it's an impulsion, really. I need a to compulsion. The uh, next week, I think we're going to make a phone call uh, with the actor and producer behind. Um, oh God, the Condor. Uh, the name escapes me. It was the Nazi hunting movie that uh, we discussed when Mike and yeah, with up. Emotep from from the Mummy in it. Yeah, yeah. we got to talk to him about it. Uh, so we're going to. I gotta get the actual details scheduled together, but um, we're gonna reach out and we're gonna talk to him about making the movie. Oh god, I gotta watch that movie. Should be very good. Is there a way to watch it? It is. I think it's already on streaming platforms. Uh, okay, I'll look. Out. I'll look out for it. Maybe hit up Karma King. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Sweet. Well, we'll check him out, and we'll get him on uh, next week, and that should be a nice show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Man. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Wheels really fell off there at the end. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We're just trying to get behind some schemes is all, because we're live every single Monday night. Every single Monday night. You can join us here. Behindtheschemes.com. Yeah, badradio.live. There's a link to get into the chat room. Hashtag green room on the zero node, irc.zeronode.net. Yeah, so you can also find those links at zososcorner.substack.com. Our show notes should have links to absolutely everything, including some nice shirts. Oh, yeah. I believe uh, we got some t shirts that Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra did up for us that are on sale for $14. Nice. I got to get in on that action. Mm-mm. Give me a couple of $14 shirts. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Fletcher and Carolyn Blaney of The Hog Story. They're on uh, also every Monday night uh, before our show. Just want to thank them again for being excellent individuals and having a great show. Check them out. Man, I cannot find this movie. Do you remember what episode it was that my, uh, Malachi and Monty were on? When was uh, that? Three or four of them ago. Yeah. Oh, 
It was the Party First, Freedom Later one, right? Party First, Freedom Later, yep. Condor's Nest. Condor's Nest. That's the one. That's it. Yeah, maybe we can do a movie night of this. That'd be cool. Potentially possibly. Yeah. We'll do it upright. But until that time, I've been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. That's right. And I have been lavish. I don't know about all that scheme stuff. Maybe is just a baby needing nurturing into a yes. Discovery is bullshit. Easy, guys. It's my first time. Boost battle. Commence. You like space? Well, I guess so. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, We're going to go down there and have a donkey barbecue, and I'm going to furnish the ass. You keep pushing it, boy, and I'll scrap you along with the aliens. Jacked up and good to go. Are you trying to get invited to my next barbecue? That explains it. That smell wasn't this toilet. It was a dead body. I'm so unlucky when I roll the dice, they all roll down a storm drain. I'm all alone in here. I hope nothing happens to me tonight. Tits. There must be a back door somewhere. Badradio.live and leave a stream mail. 612-263-SXXY. And they're running a porn site on our show here.